on ordinary families. More than 60 organisations are backing recommendations for a tax on sugary drinks. A report called A Children's Future Fund says the Chancellor should use the money that's raised to improve children's health in England. The study's been produced by Sustain, which promotes better food and farming. London's weather, the sun will rise at 7.43. Tuesday is set to be a wet, cloudy and breezy day with highs of 13. It's currently 11 degrees at the O2. LBC 97.3, it's 4.04. LBC 97.3. Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with Steve Allen. Morning. Interesting, isn't it, that everybody was saying how difficult it is to get through to all these call centres and you get through and they go, we will now present you with five options. Option one, are you referring to this? Option two, and so it goes on, and then, so you have to push the right one. And then if, if you can't remember, you have to go back. I discovered if you, can't, if you get lost halfway through any of these things, push zero. And immediately it connects you to an operator. Because I, I, I had to phone up the DVLA medical side yesterday, if you remember the long-running saga, which happened only on Saturday, of getting my driving licence back, which I didn't get back. Instead, I get a load of things inquiring about my medical condition. And the, one of the pieces of paper in there said I had cataracts, which, of course, you know, I mean, it is entirely feasible. I wouldn't actually be reading the papers properly this morning. We'd be all over the blooming shop. But, nevertheless, uh, I didn't. And so I phoned them up and I said, actually, what sounded like a very nice man. Normally, you, know, you get somebody, you know, they're a call centre. But this one, it's obviously part of the DVLA medical side. And he was great. And I said, listen... I've got this and that. He said, yeah, yeah. He said, just ignore that, that piece of paper that says cataracts. He said, ignore that piece. He said, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything, doesn't affect you in the slightest. He said, but you do need to fill in the other bits of paper so that we have access to your medical records from your doctor. So you sign a consent form allowing them to contact your GP. The GP will then say, this is where Stephen's at with his medication. And you fill on... Some of the questions... I said, I can't remember what my driving licence number is. I said, because you've got it. He said, that's all right, don't worry about that. We'll, we'll fill that in for you. As long as they've got your name and address, they've got your GP's name and address and phone number. I don't have a consultant. I go to the surgery for all my stuff. And so filled it all in. And then luckily at the surgery, they, they had this brilliant idea, brilliant idea of photocopying it all for me. So they gave me an extra set. So I've got a set and they've got a set in the surgery as well. So now we know exactly where we are. So I packed it all up, sent it all off. And uh, hopefully they will then contact the GP. The GP will say, I wouldn't let him anywhere near a car if my life depended on it. And I should, should get my licence back and I should be driving. I mean, I'm still driving. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be driving or if I'm not driving. I mean, who cares? I don't know. I don't mind. Doesn't make any difference. I mean, if they actually say, get, can you get rid of the car? The producer said, can I have the... She wants the car. I mean, I can't believe it. You're way down the list. I've got loads of other friends who said, could you leave me the car in, the, in my will? Well, no, I can't. No, I can't. Yeah, you might be a really good driver. I'm not letting you even sit on the leather. I'm sorry. The, a friend of mine sat on the leather once, and I actually put some, some bin liners down there. It's cream leather. I'm not messing about with things like that. Anyway, so all sorted, all happy, and, and it was done within ten minutes. So thank you, Di, at the surgery, for being very useful. And I went back, I said, I'm going to bring you presents. I took him in a huge box of chocolates. In fact, actually, it was, it was a serious amount of chocolates. Because I thought, you know, it's, it saved me the time and trouble of doing it. And it's, it, was, it was just nice and it was great. So hearing all these people phoning up Duncan this morning, saying they had trouble getting through to call centres and this and that, waiting on the phone. I've never experienced that. Because I don't sit there waiting. If they then go, you were held in a queue and will be answered shortly. We value your call. Please hold the line. The next available operator will be with you in a moment. I just, I turn the phone off and think I'll do it at another time. If you're going to pick a time where they're fairly busy, then it's, it's not going to be happening, is it? It's not going to be. So I, I tend to 
kind of leave it and do it another time. The only time I had trouble getting through, I think, was to... Where did I get through to? It might, it might have been my bank years ago, years and years ago. And in the end, I was sitting there and I'm thinking, am I stupid? 15 minutes on a phone, listening to sort of, you know, a little bit of tinky-tonk music and then every so often in comes the voiceover. So, no, I, I put the phone down. I gave up. Uh, one of my uh, fellow colleagues in this building full of radio stations said, as I was walking through, said, I know what you're going to talk about this morning. I said, what's that? He said, you're going to be talking about Anthea Turner, how Dancing on Ice saved her marriage. I said, you know, funny you should say that. I said, the reason I'm going to mention it, he said, I know what you're going to say. She's already flogged this story before. She did it the moment she went into the Dancing on Ice programme. I've seen it now three times. This is the recycled fourth, and she dragged it out on this morning again the other day. You've had your five minutes, Princess Tippy Toes. Off! Off! Out you go. You were kicked out of the programme. I couldn't care less whether you're dyslexic or not. She's touting that one out as well. But it's the same thing. This thing saved my marriage. I'd be more finding out why the old man was sort of had wandering eyes, love. Not interested in you and your marriage. Quite clearly, you weren't offering the goods. Otherwise, he wouldn't have started having the wandering eye, would he? Other stories in the paper state, God knows, we, we, we're bored with Americans with no talent. We've had Dieter Von Tees, who apparently is an exotic dancer, burlesque. Why don't you just go back to America, love? Go and do it over there, where it all started. We don't want you over here. You're a bit boring. And now it turns out that celebrity Big Brother stars, although the word celebrity and star, of course, are used here in a very loose term, Spidey, that's Spencer Pratt, so aptly named Spencer, and Heidi Montag, as I suppose the next thing is a 35mm movie for yourselves, um, are going to stay in this country and they're going to start a family. I felt physically ill, physically ill, can't bear them. Cannot bear them. So we'll, so we'll have another Pratt arriving in the country very shortly. That'll be exciting, won't it? Will they be on benefits? Gould knows. Pop babe Rochelle Humes is in the paper today. Rochelle, she's from the Saturdays, that poor little lame girl band. And she's, she's like, what? What? She talks like a bloke. And she's married to, I think, Marvin. She, she's 23. I mean, imagine getting married at 23. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit like, as, as somebody said the other day, and the best line I ever heard was where Jordan compared that Sandals lovely wedding to a Club 1830 holiday, which, of course, as was pointed out by Frankie Boyle, she couldn't have been on because they only had to look at her passport to realise she was well too old for a Club 1830 holiday. Unfortunately, the uh, the plank of a boyfriend, who's the part-time stripper, part-time builder, part-time, oh, my God, this one won't last, uh, doesn't appear to be able to even speak. She seems to speak for him, which means at this stage in the relationship which is a marriage after, I think, six weeks, it's doomed. It's absolutely... There is no way this marriage is going to survive. It's because she's a bit simple. It's because she's a bit chav. Well, in fact, she's a lot chav. She is very chav. Leandro Penner. I like Leandro Penner. He's about the only one who emerged with any grace. He's not been to the papers and sold any stories, contrary to what her two fairy friends tell you. He hasn't done anything. All he said is she's not all there upstairs, which, of course, we could have told him that. In fact, we did tell him that. Before the thing started, we were warning him, saying, listen, Leandro, be very careful. She will think she's in control of everything because somebody stupidly told her years ago that she was a businesswoman, so everything she does, she, she hasn't got the faintest idea about business. Not a clue. What happens is companies go to her or her agent and they go, listen, uh, do you think she'd like to endorse, I don't know, a lighter? And they'll go, yeah, sure, how much is that? And they'll pay, well, it pays 20000 yeah, she'll do that. And so then she could put it on her TV programme. Most of her stuff collapses like a pack of cards because, you know, people suddenly see through it. And that's how it works. So she's not a businesswoman at all. She, she can't design anything. She's got no talent apart from being Jordan with now a 
such badly Botox face. So bad. I'm so glad that the government are going to bring in guidelines, which means that the Botox parties will be out. Perhaps they should do it in America. Look at those ghastly housewives of Orange County. Yesterday, there was a twist. A twist in the programme. I only flipped on halfway through. I was so excited about getting the thing sorted out with the DVLA medical side. And now, I mean, I'm, I'm apparently, he told me, I didn't know this, and a friend of mine confirmed it, I was on a restricted licence before anyway. The moment I was diagnosed with, with uh, diabetes, I was on a three-year licence. A three-year licence means that if you've got a chronic illness like diabetes on insulin, not on tablet, on insulin, it means that your licence is valid for three years. And then at the end of the three years, then they assess you, and then you get another three years. So, the, the, I mean, I'm, apparently I was on a three-year licence already. I made it last for ten. Hooray! Whoopee! But for most of those, I didn't have diabetes anyway, and I wasn't on insulin. So it only goes... But, so I was only two years over the actual date. So I've been driving... Well, I haven't been driving without a licence. I've been driving with a licence that had kind of expired. <laughs> Thank God I've never had any accidents. Seen loads in the mirror. Seen loads, but never actually had an accident. Funny that, isn't it? And yet, as, as, as somebody said to me in the doctor's surgery yesterday, there are people driving in this country who shouldn't even be driving in this country. You know, people who just arrive on the back of a lorry, and the next thing, they're, they're driving minicabs, illegal, in London. So at least I'm being honest about the whole thing. I mean, they, they, they know what I've got. All they'll do is contact the doctor, and then I'll get another three-year licence. Whoopee! Who knows? Who knows what will happen? <laughs> but they were really good. The bloke I spoke to sounded like a GP. He sounded terribly exciting. Terribly exciting. Um, there's another one here uh, in the uh, papers. Oh, this is... Uh, the, I mean, can you believe this? This is so... This cannot be true. After we reported on this programme that Zane... Zane is in one direction. He's, he's just a member of a little boy band. He's got tattoos. He's going out with that deeply, deeply unattractive Perry Edwards. We don't like Perry no, 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 no. They, they are still together. Oh, God, yes, they're still together. Producer thoughts. They now, you must listen to this programme to get the, re the real truth. What happened was he cheated with some bimbo of a waitress who we had other names for because the moment he'd, he'd had Rumpy Pumpy and she took a photograph of him in bed to prove that they'd had... She wasn't stupid. This was a calculating old tart. She goes immediately to the papers to sell the story, proving to me once and for all that there's no fool like an old fool. And Zane was an old fool. Anyway, him and Perry were pictured together. She's the one who's got purple hair. Very unwise if you've got very pale skin. Doesn't, it's, not, it's not a particularly good look. And uh, consequently, they say in the papers today that ever since there have been claims that he's been cheating, ticket sales have fallen off for One Direction. What a pile of rubbish, honestly. It took two people to write this, this pile of poo, I'm afraid. It really annoys me. Because if anything, ticket demand would go up because everybody knows they now stand a chance of having a fling with Zane. I mean, him and Perry. It was, listen, I wouldn't mind, but it's, it's some naff member of a boy band and some naff member of a girl band. It doesn't, it doesn't really make any difference in the great equation of things. In the great, great cornucopia of life, this potpourri. Who cares who he goes out with? Nobody gives a flying forex. It doesn't matter whether he goes out with her or goes out with the cat next door. I don't care. They make such a big deal about it. Listen, he's single. They're not married. They're not engaged. They're not anything at all. He can go out with who he wants to. If he wants to cheat with her, fine, let him cheat with her. More fool her for sticking with him. What an idiot. You know, if somebody cheats, you go round. You know those little spherical objects? You cut them off. OK, simple as that. You know, make a happy day of it. So, the, so the, you know, the very idea... 
that they, they're, they're still together and he's still cheating, you know, with a waitress or not with a waitress. I couldn't care less. It's of no interest to me. I'd rather discover whether or not petrol's going up in, uh, in price. I gather it is. An extra 4p. How depressed am I? This is L7. LBC 97.3. Nick Ferrari just after the news at 7 o'clock. Today, as it's revealed, hybrid and diesel cars will be made to pay the full congestion charge from July. That's a shocker, isn't it? I couldn't believe it when I heard that. I thought but that the whole idea that people bought hybrid and diesel cars was to make sure they didn't have to pay the congestion charge. Nicola, finding out what it's really like to drive a hybrid car around London and asking, have TfL betrayed drivers who invested in their green deal? Well, I come in most mornings in a hybrid car. In these, in these Priuses, they're part electric, part, part petrol. So I'm not actually sure what it's like driving a hybrid car around London. I mean, I get one every single... I've had one for ages now. I love these Priuses. I wouldn't buy one. Because when you sit at traffic lights, I like to hear an engine purring away. When, the, when, when you've got the hybrid car, you can't hear anything when it stops at traffic lights. It, like, turns itself off. And they're very, very... almost too quiet. You know when you can hear your tummy rumbling in the back of a car and you think, oh, God, I hope they can't hear that. It's awful. It's boring. What, don't you like hybrid cars? So it's funny, actually, I always see you as having a gas-guzzling Mercedes or something like that. Something's very noisy with the exhaust half falling off or held with a piece of sticky tape. You've got 4 by 4 Oh, see, I'm not a fan of 4 by 4s They always pass me on the motorway, and I always look at them and... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, oh, really? You hit foxes? Oh, dear. Oh, no. I don't like that, actually. I'm, I was quite good. When I used to go down to see my mum in Henley, on the back road, when you come off the motorway, it is, you're on country roads, and at night-time, it would be full of rabbits sitting there in the middle of the road. And, of course, the rabbit is mesmerised by the headlights, so I would have to turn the headlights off so that they were... <laughs> Many an accident, many an accident, in ditches, upside down, in fields. I thought, well, I'm here, I'll do a crop circle. And so I was, I'd, I'd always turn my lights off, and somebody said, the moment the lights go off, the rabbits then become less mesmerised, and they run to the side of the road. It's pigeons I like killing. I like killing pigeons, I really do. If I could get two of those under the wheels, that four would be a bonus. I think you should get a coconut or a television or something if you manage to get four pigeons. Brilliant. We've still got the old balmy mad woman in Twickenham. She must be there before I get there at seven in the morning. She's dropping birdseed everywhere. As soon as she's locked up, the better. Plus, as Boris Johnson, this is still with Nick Ferrari, says the first fatal stabbing in the capital of 2013 is in Pimlico. It proves there's still a long way to go in tackling violence. When you think passport to Pimlico, great film, and now we've got stabbings on the street of Pimlico. And people armed with what appears to be swords. Swords, I ask you. Swords. I mean, it, it, it just beggars belief, doesn't it? But again, you've got the headmaster of the school where he goes to saying he's a lovely lad and this and that. And then you've got the police saying the drug team were aware of him. It's quite clearly drug-related. It's quite clear. You don't, people just don't go round knifing people and stabbing them. His mother was there. She couldn't do anything about it. He quite clearly he'd upset somebody. They don't just do it for nothing. I'm not excusing anything. I think it's. I think they're filth of the lowest common denominator. But people who go around and kill people, and people who, who stick knives into people, we saw it on a station, didn't we? Where a group of girls chased somebody onto a station in broad daylight. Frankly, you know, I mean, it's, I don't know what the punishment is for these people because they don't think going to prison is any sort of deterrent. They look at it as a badge of honour. These stupid, pathetic little girls' blouses. We had a mugging in Leicester Square a short while ago in daylight. I ask you, in daylight. God in heaven, it's about time the police... Uh, and many's the night. Well, a Duncan will tell you, you walk through this... You don't see a policeman round here. If I phoned up 999 and said, listen, there's something going on, then they would turn up because they're round the corner. But you don't see the police walking around here anymore. It's really awful. And Oh, 
you, Junkers just said that he, yesterday morning, two people urinated against the Hampshire Hotel. I came in one morning and I watched somebody going up to the door of the Hampshire, urinating against it. We see people constantly urinating against the building. We've had people urinating against our front door. And then the other day, three Larry lads, who quite clearly couldn't handle their drink, poor little girls, jumping in and out of the all those carefully quaffered flower bed things. And you think, where's the blooming police we've got? I'd have them hauled up. Exactly. Give us all 12-bore shotguns. We'll do them through this window. We'll do it. We could pick them off from up here dead easy. There is no deterrent. No deterrent anywhere. And I'm sorry. You know, it's about time the government care. I couldn't care less what they do. Send them into prison and coming, or, or into court and coming back with a 20-quid fine. No blooming use to me whatsoever. Short, sharp shock treatment. We're coming around. We're taking away your little hoodie. OK, we're taking away all your little girly bracelets and all your little silly tattoos. OK, we're going to put you in big boy's prison and we'll let them sort you out. I'm taking away the tattoos. If we, I'm, I'm taking away the tattoos, but in an unusual way. Brillo pad. I've decided. This is the way forward. You can get a whole box of Brillo pads for one ninety nine. Six of them, because I used them the other day for, well, let's just call it cleaning something. OK, I don't want to go into it at the moment, but it needed a Brillo pad. And Brillo pads are fantastic. You could hold these little people down and a, a little bit of acid, a little bit, you know, just to keep it going. And then perhaps a little bit of... Salt, just rubbed in afterwards, just to sort of, you know, make it heal a little bit slower. And then when it scars, it'll drop off and they'll be, hopefully, reasonable human beings again. You know, I wish we could go back to the days of the public executions and Tyburn. You know, it sorted the problem out. Sorted the problem out. I never used to be in favour of executions. But between you and me and the gatepost, when you read about these kids being knifed in the London streets and you know it's gang-related... Gang-related, I ask you. You see them outside, I see them every night in Leicester Square. Little little girls' blouses with their little hoodies up, thinking they're some big thing. They wander from little group to little group, and you think, do you know, you're just pathetically stupid, aren't you? It's so sad. So, so sad. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari this morning. The hybrid cars, I'm a bit puzzled about. I mean, I can understand why they would want to pay congestion charge, make them want to pay congestion charge, because they're obviously losing money through people having them. But I'm not sure whether driving a hybrid car around London will actually change anything. Because I have one every day. And as I say, I think they're about 12 grand. There's not loads of room in them. They're OK. They're not, they're not sort of... Because it alternates between electric and petrol. And so you're charging up. Sorry? In, well, my car's great in London Drive. I've got an automatic. You just put your foot on the brake and they take it off. And it moves. And you put your foot on the brake. You take it off. You move forward. You put, it's as simple as that. Driving is not difficult in London. Hybrid or otherwise. Hybrid or otherwise. But you might have one of those cars. And I bet you've only done it. I bet you've only bought it because you can escape the congestion charge. But if you want to escape the congestion charge, come in on public transport. There you go. Problem solved. Problem solved straight away. By the time they put up the petrol price, that's going to be it. Somebody told me earlier on that there's a picture in one of the papers today of Nas- Natalie Cassidy on a beach. I thought, we really can't have... No, I mean, we can't have this. I mean, and so I had whizzed through the paper earlier on and I did not see Natalie Cassidy on the beach. I saw Peaches Geldof on the beach. That was bad enough. But I didn't see Natalie Cassidy. So I'm, I have a feeling he's got a bit confused. I did see the picture of, of Victoria Beckham going into a fish and chip shop in Notting Hill. Little Miss Misery going... You know, I'm sorry, going into a fish and chip shop, dear, with sunglasses on, indoors, pretentious, moi, I think so. Ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it's absolutely... I love the picture of the two guys... In the paper today, this is Nathan Wilkins, 13, and Kyle Robson. And uh, what they did, they're in... uh, Where are they? 
Tunstall, wherever that is. I've got no idea. But somebody squirted super glue. Is that Natalie Cassidy? Oh, right. Or perhaps you've got it there, because I can't find it in the, in the sun this morning. Oh, it's male, is it? Oh, right. And it's a picture of her. Oh, lovely. But uh, it's a picture of the, the, these two boys, and they've squirted super glue and then put their hands together. And, of course, it's set, because they're stupid, <laughs> which is wonderful. There's a real-life Ken and Barbie in the paper today. Uh, this is a model who's turned herself into Barbie. She's quite clearly deluded, and there's something the matter with her. Her name is Valerie Lukyanov. She's 23. She's a spitting image of a Barbie doll. She looks somewhat peculiar, I'm afraid. And then there's a bloke called Justin Jedlika who spent £70,000 on cosmetic surgery trying to make himself into Ken. He just looks like a rather butch lesbian, I'm afraid. He doesn't, he doesn't look anything at all like Ken. But the pair got together for a photo shoot and then they started falling out and having a slanging match. I mean, she's quite clearly not all there upstairs and he's quite clearly as barking as a fruitcake. Poor soul. I like the idea of that woman who dropped salt. A little bag of salt was fined 75 quid. I think that's a good idea. More of that, please. More of that. More from the papers in a moment. 84850, uk. Let's have a, a quick look here, see what we're all talking about this morning. Uh, Mark says, I've just seen the logo in the new studio. Is the studio an improvement over the old one? Yes. Well, I, I say it's an improvement. I like the colour better. The dark blue is definitely... I, I fit in better with dark blue. It has to be said. I've likened it yesterday to being like pattern. When you look at the picture, I look like a little figure in the middle, and then there's this, this enormous LBC logo behind me, which is good. I've got to sort out the window. Paper stuck at the window doesn't quite do it for me. And the wall at the, at the front's got to be done. But apart from that, I like it. I like it. I'd have done the ceiling differently and put in maybe a drop chandelier or something like that or maybe some wall lights. I like. They never have the right lighting in a studio for presenters because at night time, some people like to work just with little, little spotlights on and angle poises and stuff like that. And I like working with... Actually, it doesn't make any difference to me. I could work... If, if I have the lights down too dim, I fall asleep. Which is, which is not a particularly good idea. It's like Nick Ferrari has the studio sub-zero temperature. And I've had it warm before, and he's, he's probably right. A mixture, I mean, about 20 degrees we have it at. Whatever that, I don't know what 20 degrees is. It's, it's OK. It's function. Why are you still here? Why are you still here? What are you doing here? Go home. Oh, you get, oh getting the chuff-chuffer. Had your licence taken away, have you? Another one of those asbos been served. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. Can you park a 4 by 4 in London? <laughs> it's finding a space that's big enough, isn't it? When I come into town... Yes, I, I came into town on Sunday to go to the cinema and we ended up parking in Square a little way and walking back. Do you, uh, we've all got secret places. I've got a really good secret place, which is great for a Saturday night in London. And it's a really good secret place. Unfortunately, a few other people have discovered it, but it's, it's still fairly secret and you don't have to pay. It's free. And it's just about two minutes out of the West End which is... I wonder if it's the same place. We might have to discuss it in a moment. On second thought, I don't want to tell you, because it's secret. That's the whole idea. <laughs> but it's, it was a very good place. But then on Sunday, you've got to be very careful. Covent Garden, one side paying, other side not paying. You've got to check these things. And it ain't cheap. It ain't cheap to park in London. Uh, still to come, more of your texts and emails. 84850 uk. We'll take more from the papers, including the fact that uh, Mario Balotelli is on the move. They've decided to get rid of him. About blooming time. It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. Tuesday morning in London town. It's 4.30. With Steve Allen. Morning. 26 minutes to five. Tuesday. I felt so good yesterday. 
I felt so good yesterday. You know, it, it is... Uh, it, everything just fell into place. It was just absolutely wonderful. Uh, as a person on insulin myself, says Jane, my understanding regarding DVLA matter is that you're just waiting for an updated replacement, then you can continue to drive. Oh, I'm driving all the time. However, this is not the case if you have a notifiable illness, and in your case, I believe until the DVA medical officer rubber stamps and authorises the replacement, you cannot drive. No, you can drive. You can drive. They said I can drive. No trouble whatsoever. She thinks you can go to prison because basically you've got no licence to drive. No, I can. I'm, 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 I'm on insulin and they're well aware of it. I've been driving for ages. All they wait is just an update to make sure it's not got any worse. So uh, don't go to prison. It's so stupid. <laughs> Send you to prison for driving on insulin. Oh, my good father. That's why prisons be full up, love. Absolutely full up. Uh, Diana says, thought we might like to see some photographs of the wonderful outing. They went for an all-you-can-eat meal. £6.90, which was good. Great outing with great friends, all brought together by you. We were all virtual, but now so many of us have met in real life and have wonderful times, become very close friends. Simon decorated the goodie bags that he and I put together with our names in Chinese characters. Blimey. Went on to Café Rouge in Leicester Square. Where is Café Rouge in Leicester Square? Is it down? Oh, it's new. It's brand new. They've only just opened it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Where they had more to eat cakes and pastries and Buck's Fizzes to drink. Oh, lovely. Producer wants to go next time. She she fancies that idea. And, oh, look at all these goodie bags they got. Look, with these... Ch- I like that idea with Chinese lettering. Oh, that's cool, isn't it? That's very cool. What was in the goodie bags, though? Raimondo. That's what a nice idea. What a nice idea. That's very good, isn't it? I'll tell you what I did get. I've had, a, I've had some really nice stuff sent to me uh, this week. So, in fact, today I came into a very big parcel, which is absolutely wonderful. And once I found the blooming letter, I should let you know where it, where it was from. And wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, it's from, from Moray, who says, I'm starting to clear the house. We've been here 45 years, and I found these. And it's a whole load of theatre um, programmes, including uh, film premiere programmes. I've got one for Mary Poppins. I've got people at the Palladium. All sorts. I mean, I had some lovely ones in from Jean a while ago. And now from uh, from Moray. He says, uh, thank you for being there for us all. It's a lovely collection. It really is. It's, oh, you know me. I love stuff like that. I just like smelling the pages. I'm a bit odd, really. But it was, it was lovely, really. Thank you very much indeed. Very, very grateful. Very, very grateful indeed. And uh, strange enough, Vic, young Vic, Says, you'll probably have guessed by now, I practically listen to your programme every morning and I always make sure I don't miss a single day with Steve Allen to make my day. Yesterday morning I was in the bathroom listening to you on my little transistor radio. I was in the process of brushing my teeth and I just put some mouthwash into a little cap that you get to measure the liquid. It was something you said that made me forget and immediately think of my brute aftershave. I don't know why, but I had just poured the mouthwash into the palm of my hand and began to rub it all over my face. I then realised what I'd stupidly done. When I went out shopping, I had a few comments about my new aftershave. Actually, Stevie says, you can't tell the difference. Mouthwash or brute. (laughs) Probably a joke there somewhere, I should imagine. Probably a joke there somewhere. Uh, Did we get our grey goose and steak? I won my battle with the wife and I'm now working my way through 12 raisin Danish pastries. That was all we bought, said Dan. Remember I told you yesterday I bumped into him in Costco in Red. They were going in before me and I thought, what are the odds of bumping into somebody you know about 40 miles away from home? And so, so I, I went through and he said, what are you buying? I said, well, I was going to buy some steak because they do really nice sirloin steak there. But at the moment I'm going through a bacon phase. And I'm doing the same thing every day. And it's beginning to... Um, uh, the trouble is, I'm liking it so much. What I tend to do is I get some nice bacon, farm bacon. I don't buy all the processed stuff. The farm bacon from Sandy's in Twickenham. And I generally buy three packs at a time. 
and I eat a whole packet of bacon. Because I know it sounds a lot, but I promise you it's only like five rashers of bacon. Is that a lot? Oh, it's a lot, is it? OK, well, never mind. OK, so I'm doing five rashers of bacon. So what I do is I've got this frying pan. It used to be a poacher. For doing, and I've taken the middle bit out, so it's now a deep pan with a lid on it. And I cut up a packet of bacon. Could be four slices. I don't know. Could be three by two. And, and I cut that up with a pair of scissors, because scissors in the kitchen, for me, are invaluable. I don't use knives. In, I do have knives, but I've got kitchen scissors, and they cut steak, they cut everything, mushroom, whatever you want. So I cut this up, put it in the bottom of the frying pan, and then... You're going to think this is the maddest meal ever, I promise you. On top of that, I put some nice mushrooms. Making me quite hungry, actually, thinking about it, because I'm having it later on today, again. And you do the mushrooms, then on top of that, I go and buy a packet of winter vegetables, which has got swede, carrot, onion, a few other things. If it's got potatoes, then I take the potatoes out. And I bought this packet the other day from Waitrose, and I used three quarters of the packet in there. And then on top of this, this is the crowning glory. OK, this is the piece de resistance. I use one of those gnaw things that that ghastly Marco Pierre White's advertising. You know, you get a little tub of it and it, it comes like a little jelly stuff. And I literally take that out and I'm, I'm using the vegetable one. I don't use quite clearly chicken or beef because I'm eating pork. OK, and I put that on the top and I put the lid on. And with winter vegetables, the longer you steam them, the happier they are. So I did them on, a, I think, electric three, two and a half, three, for about an hour. And then what I do is I, I don't use all, I don't have all the liquid on it. I just, I've let it steep in all the, oh, it was delicious. With a little bit of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise over the top. I promise you it was, it was delicious. So I've had it every day for two weeks. Two weeks, I've been eating it every day for two weeks. Small wonder I'm looking as gorgeous as I really am at the moment. It's quite difficult to actually comprehend that. But it's, it was the easiest thing to do, because I can't be bothered to stand up with a steak turning it over. And I do the same with a steak. It comes with variations, mine. I could do the Chinese version, which comes with mince. And in which case, I just put that at the bottom of the pan and then put all the stuff over the top of it. Only I add sweet corn for that oriental mix and flavour. But if I do it with steak, I still use the same vegetables, but maybe with one or two new potatoes. No more than that, because I'm not, I'm not hugely big into potatoes. And then, see, it's making my mouth water even thinking about it. And it's, and it's quite exciting. So that, that was my meal yesterday. So when, when I was going to buy the steak, Dan, I didn't buy the steak. I also, if I bought 12 raisin Danish pastries, I'd have to bring them in here and they'd have to eat them in here. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't eat 12, even though gorgeous though they are. I did buy the two bottles of Grey Goose vodka, which I thought was quite nice. And then yesterday I went out and discovered the May family. The May family are on the back of my cranberry juice light. I use, I drink the light one. And the May family apparently come from wherever it is in Canada, and they produce cranberries. And there's a picture of them. I thought they were all those... What are those families over there where they all... Um, the Amish. They, they looked very Amish to me. They were all sort of wearing very similar outfits, but the women didn't have bonnets on. But it was really... It's really good. Really, really good. Love it. Love it to pieces. Uh, 84850... Somebody says here, I saw the picture that was tweeted of your new studio yesterday. I think it looks really good. I think this logo is good. I've, I've now got so used to it that I do like it. And also, it's, it's um, laser-etched. It's not, it's not sticky letters on there. He says, you keep saying you're overweight. You don't look overweight at all. You're a fine figure of a man. Or as my friends say, a fine figure of two men. I bumped into a friend of mine the other day at Waterloo Station, Derek. Derek Cole used to be in charge of... Uh, all of our engineering. That's probably, probably the wrong description, but it's the best I can think of at the moment. And I bumped into him at Waterloo Station the other day because he now works up at Sky. And he says he loves it up there. He's great, having a great time, and we're sort of reminiscing on people who we haven't seen for ages and ages. But I see him on, on the train station, not every day, but sometimes I see him. I see him and a guy called Lenny who cleans the trains, and he listens to the programme every day. He always says to me, good programme today, Steve. 
So I don't like to let him down in case one of these days I walk onto the station and he goes, terrible programme today. Terrible programme. So I always try and make sure that the programme is uh, is actually good. Uh, 84850, Adrian from Romford. Adrian in the Romford. He's a coach driver. All right, mate? <laughs> Do you know, I'd love to drive. We've done this before on the programme. I'd love to drive a coach. And I got loads of offers from coach companies. Yeah, come and drive one of our coaches. So failing that, I'd love to drive a bus. I, I could happily drive that bus, the, the, the route master, down the Strand. I wouldn't want to stop at any of the bus stops. I don't want people on there. I don't want people on the bus ruining it for me. I just want to drive down there, a bit like Cliff Richard on summer holiday. Anyway, stupid people, don't drive the middle lane in the motorways doing 40 or 50, especially in the early hours when it's quiet, says Adrian. I'm a coach driver. Coaches are not pitted and permitted to use the outside lane on the motorway. So the only way to get past these morons is to undertake them, which is a tad dangerous. By the way, he says all coaches restricted to 60 miles an hour. I've seen him going faster. I've seen coaches going faster than that. Are they not supposed to? Oh, right. You tell me something new every day. Uh, 84850, uh Mark, no, we can't. <laughs> so I can't tell you what the question was, but, uh, but we can't. Simple as that, OK? Simple as that. Uh, I've been a type 1 diabetic since 1980. When I was diagnosed, I told DVLA and they issued me with a three-year licence in the past. And every three years, they send me a letter advising that the licence is due to expire. I complete the questionnaire. They write to my GP. Fresh licence issued. Are procedures now changing? Is it now my responsibility to request a new licence? No, but mine had run out because I had the photocard. And that was the reason. I didn't, I didn't realise that there was an expiry date. Like most people listening to this programme... Most people thought that they went forever and a day, and they didn't. Ten. Ten years, but I was... So, ten years on the licence, and I then... So, ten years on the licence, but three years restrictive licence, because diabetic... Only diabetics on insulin are affected. Doesn't affect a diabetic who's just on tablets. So, if if you're on metformin, it's not going to affect you, because you're, you're a bit... You're a bit lower down the, the list. Where's Ronnie Biggs gone? Has he died? We couldn't be that lucky, could we? Oh, blimey. Oh, that'd be a cheery little thing for a Tuesday, wouldn't it? Ronnie Biggs has finally gone, having been told ages ago that we're still looking after this bent old crook. And he's in a nursing home. Oh, he's going to die. Quick, let him out. So they let him out. We seem to let a few people out, didn't we? Uh, what else we got in the paper? So let's have a quick look on the front page. Apart from the fact that the, the Mirror got very excited, they've seen a picture of Victoria Beckham in a chip shop. She wasn't eating any chips. She just bought it for one of the kids. So obviously, as we now know, Victoria can't cook. But of course, I never. Im- I should imagine that the very idea of food in the house must be quite abhorrent to her. She must feel quite sick every time she opens the cupboard because she's stick thin. Uh, here we go. I love to see more on Zayn Malik. They're obsessed with the love life of One Direction. They're obsessed, aren't they? Imagine how many are in One Direction? Five. What do they say? One in every four. Mm, let's try and work out which one it could be. Anyway, Zayn Malik spent the night with his little mink- mix girlfriend, Perry Edwards, after she let him stay in a hotel room. Tart. What are they? Separate beds, do you think, ladies and gentlemen? I shouldn't think so. But why are we so interested? Who's preoccupied? I suppose it must be the, the reporters. How much is your debt? Have you got debts? Have you got debts? They reckon that over half of Brits, listening at the moment, have got debts of about... 3.2,000, so £3,200 on debt. So that could be credit card, that could be payment on a car, uh, television, not really fridge or freezer because they're so cheap now, but that, that's what it could be, probably credit card debt. 3,200, they reckon, is, is the average of what you owe at the moment. Luckily, touch wood, I don't owe anything. Don't, well, apart from on the mortgage, but I mean, everybody's got one of those. This with Steve Allen.
13 minutes to five. Tuesday morning, they're going to burn the rovers down in Coronation Street. It'll be Sunita. She dies in the flame. She dies. And people will be convinced she started the fire in a botched revenge attack. Imagine burning down the rovers. It's looked the same for year. Years, hasn't it? Absolutely years. The road. So perhaps this is their opportunity, because I think... Wait a minute. Back in the mind, back in the... There's a new producer. I've just remembered, because they were looking to axe certain characters. They were looking to axe certain characters. And so, if you burn the rovers down, you can make a big feature about it. Then you can keep that dragged out on who did it, who might have done it, who had a motive, who was standing there on the corner, who was... Who was there's bound to be somebody standing on it like Tyrone, flicking a lighter... That'll be the clue, won't it? And apparently over in EastEnders, it, uh, it gets no better because they're now saying that Alfie Moon and uh, Kat are going to divorce. So that'll be two characters that you can free up to do something else. But with the rovers going up in flames, that's why they've done it. It's a spoiler, isn't it? If one programme's got one storyline running, then the opposite, because they've always been at the top of the charts, EastEnders, Coronation Street, always been at the top of the charts, and what they've decided to do is to try and up the ante. It's 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 trying to be controversial to get you watching. Although whether or not it burns, I couldn't care less. I'm not, my television isn't governed by their storylines. I turn on to find out where we've got to, and I was shocked to discover that Minnie Caldwell and Ina Sharples are no longer in Coronation Street. And where's Peggy behind the bar in EastEnders? What's happening there? I've got Layla Morse coming in tomorrow. She's got her autobiography out, so we look forward to having a chat to her. I'm very much looking forward to travelling to her. Apparently, just been on the TFL website, says Roy, and they say there are too many low-emission cars in London, so they've moved the goalposts. Later this year, if your car produces less than 75 grams of carbon dioxide, it is exempt from the congestion charge. There are currently only two cars that qualify, a Vauxhall and a Toyota. Lovely. The cheapest is over £27,000, so everybody can definitely get one of those. <sighs> Lovely. Uh, another one here. Somebody says, uh, you felt so good and everything... Fell into place. Yes. Absolutely. Everything fell... Yesterday was such a good day. Such a good day. I mean, really, absolutely... It couldn't have been a better day. But you know why? Because I got everything done by 9.30. Everything was finished by 9.30. So I was able to go out. I went round and had a look round some garden centres. Uh, I... What did I else I do yesterday? Oh, today I'm doing the VAT. Because I've got to file the VAT. And so I shall do that. And that's fairly simple. I file online... Like most people, we can't do it any other way now, I don't think. Because the moment they write to you and they say, from now on, you, uh, you have to file online. And I went into a complete panic because I'm not very good. But once I'm armed with my passwords, my unique passwords, then I go online. And once I've got the invoices there, I sit down, I print off last month so I know exactly what I'm roughly doing. And then 10 minutes later, I've done it. But I'm always putting it off to the last minute VAT because I get confuddled with figures. One month, I push the... The push the button and it went, uh, you owe us no no VAT at all. I thought, this this can't be right. It turns out I put the wrong amount in the wrong box. So now I've printed off a dummy copy for myself so I know what I'm doing. And it's fairly straightforward. Once you've done it a few times, then you, um, then you can do it. So I shall do that later on today. And I shall have a good day today. And then tomorrow, I know I've got Layla Morse, that'll be good. And she's in at 9.30, so that's even better for me. Because I like an early interview. I like an early interview. Sometimes I've done them at 11 o'clock, and by that time, I've kind of lost the will to live when it gets a little bit later in the day. Again, listening to Les Miserables in the car. Still a great soundtrack. If you've not seen the film, 
Go see the film. Try and work out today what you think you owe. £3,200. And it's, it's, it's us in the south-east who owe the most. £4,200, they reckon. 4200 is ours. But on average, £3,200. And that would be household debts. That's not, that's not mortgage. That's nothing to do with mortgage, OK? This would be something on a credit card. This would be a higher purchase or a credit agreement on probably a giant television, unless you're on benefits, in which case you probably paid for it cash. And we're also happy for you, because if I was in government, I'd be taking it away from you straight away. You don't owe anything, Steve. What about the deal you did with the devil to be the best morning radio host in the world? Nobody can be that good. I know. It's, when you don't owe any money, I tell you, it's a great feeling. Because when, when I was younger, I was as bad as everybody else. I owed money on credit. I could never get the credit card down. Never. And just when you thought you got yourself straight, along comes another giant bill and you start going, oh. And I was, I was not one of those people who is very good at saving money. Now I'm brilliant. Now I'm brilliant. But I was not... Not very good at all. Really not very good at all, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at uk. But it's something you learn, isn't it? As you get a little bit older, you do get a bit, a bit better at saving money. And you start, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's young. He doesn't, he doesn't think he needs to save money. And I, I think, you know, you do need to start saving. But when you're young, why should you bother? You want to go out and have a bit of fun. He went out to a club on, <laughs> on Saturday night... And it was apparently really awful in Twickenham. Really, I won't tell you which one it is, because it's just as you come into Twickenham on the left hand. Anyway, he said it was so dreary. And so he said what it was, it was too many fellas in there. Now, as somebody who used to work clubs, I can tell you that the bouncers on the door would turn groups of fellas away, because you don't want loads of fellas in there. What you want is more girls. And, then, and if there's girls in there, then the fellas will turn up. But if you've got too many fellas in, you get an atmosphere. Because there's only going to be a few girls and, you know, you just get groups of fellas hanging around and that's very dreary. So they used to stop them. They'd go, sorry, fellas, we've got too many in tonight. So anyway, he went over the road. Anyway, to cut a long story short, he obviously had a bit too much to drink. Got on a bus to go home to Barnes and fell asleep. He always falls asleep on buses. He ended up, he said, where's the Park Lane Hotel? I said, well, surprisingly. Surprisingly, it's at Piccadilly. I don't know why it would be at Piccadilly. And he, he got off there opposite the Bomber Command Memorial. He didn't have the faintest idea where he was. He couldn't quite get his bearings and work out. But, and, and then it started to rain. And so he crosses over the road to get a bus. The bus pulls in and the bus driver looks at him and he... My friend taps on the door for him to open it. The bus driver looks at him, soaking wet, drives off. He wouldn't take him. So he said, in the end, he said he had to pay for a taxi to take him back to Hammersmith. He said it was ten quid, he said, but it was the best ten quid he's ever spent because he was able to sit there and drip all over the carpet. Have you ever heard of that? A bus driver refusing somebody because they're wet. It's at times like that, just the bus pulls away, you want to leap in front of them and go, stop, and put your hands out, and the bus driver's going, you stop, and then you take them out and you drop them down the tunnel. He said because what he couldn't work out was where the cars were vanishing to. Over the Park Lane Hotel, that's where it's the Piccadilly Tunnel. He said, and cars were going along the road. He said, and then they just vanish. I said, yes, they were going into the tunnel. He said, I know, but I didn't know there was a tunnel there. David Orlando says, I really, really need to give you some cooking lessons. <laughs> I, the trouble, I don't cook. I freely admit that I cannot cook. I reheat or ping. You know, and if you reheat or ping, I can get... Listen, I'm, I'm healthy-ish. I'm living. I'm fine. The very idea, though... That I could have cooking. I wouldn't be any good at cooking lessons. I watch them on the television doing cooking things. I think that's really clever and that's really lovely. And I'm very jealous of anybody who can make cakes and pastries and baking. But it's just not for me. 
It really is not for me. I would rather make one of those big stews. I was watching the other day a bloke going round Spain, and there was this woman, and she's making this... Oh, God, it was so disgusting. I don't know what it is. In a big vat, and in the end, she poured on blood. Blood. She was pouring in pig's blood, and then mixing it all up, putting it in bladders, and making blood sausage things with all this... Oh, no, I don't want to cook it. No, no. My friend Lou cooked me something nice once. What did she do? It was cauliflower. Oh, it was delicious. Like, oh, cauliflower soup. Oh, it, it looked disgusting. <laughs> it really did, but it was quite delicious. Quite delicious. Oh, I knew that we were doing something. I knew that. I've just realised, I think on the uh, 8th, I think we're actually going to... Uh, we're going to have tea in a posh London hotel. I'm pretty certain. I'm going to the theatre on the 9th. I'm going to see Top Hat, the musical. Going to see... T- yes, I'm, I'm, that's, a, that's a film, isn't it? Um, which is very nice indeed. And I'm thinking, yes, I'm pretty certain, pretty certain it's the 8th that we're going to have posh tea. Posh, which I do... I don't know, we're just going to a, a posh hotel, which is nice. Because I, d- I do like tea in, in a hotel. And I do like sitting there because I love the sandwiches. I just, I mean, I adore sandwiches. I like sandwiches that somebody else makes them. Terrible, isn't it? Perhaps that's why I'm sort of a bit of a mummy's boy, I'm afraid. So I'm just having a quick check on when this is supposed to be. Because I'm pretty certain it's, we've arranged for a Friday. Because that the 8th, that's fri- Friday the 8th, isn't it? Yeah, so Friday the 8th, we're going for, yeah, Friday the 8th. <gasps> so exciting. Which is great, yeah. So that's Friday the 8th. So I'm very pleased with that. So uh, I shall have those little finger sandwiches. A little, They do a little jelly thing as well. And, then, and I like a cup of Earl Grey. And I just like sitting down having a good old gossip. Trouble is, bread is so bad for you, but I mean, who cares? It's only once, isn't it, really? And they do little cakes. But every time I've been for afternoon tea, we've never gotten around to eating the cakes. I've been so stuffed with the sandwiches. Cause, and they do scones with cream and clotted... Oh, dear. I ate those... <laughs> What a terrible diabetic I am. Um, great stories in the paper today from Ali Ross. He says, great TV lies and delusions of the week. Mel Gidroich, Stephen K. Amos, is one of Britain's most popular stand-ups. Well, it's a blatant lie. The man's not even funny. Rylan Clark. Heidi is one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. Uh, Chris Moyles. The Love Machine's a good show. Great lies. Great lies and delusions there. He also talks about uh, random TV irritations. All-star family fortunes obsession with Emmerdale NTA winner David Witts referring to his dressing up box job as my craft. Ooh, my craft. <gasps> I'm an actress. I'm in Emmerdale Farm. Or Emmerdale as they call it now. Another one here. It says, uh, BBC One's absolute honking Saturday night schedule. Anyone who thinks it's funny to introduce Towie gimps with the words ream, well gel, or shut up. You know, only the limited intelligent ones. For that read, Frankie and Joey Essex. I mean, two uglies in one family. It can't be right, can it? I mean, surely one of them could have been blessed with looks. The Fahir sisters, bookends, or Toby jugs, as I prefer to call them. The immensely stupid Amy Childs, with the silly little girly voice. And, of course, Jabba the Hutt herself... Otherwise known as that fat bird who can't speak either. Any of these people who appear on television. And can somebody please tell me this obsession with Joe Brand? They're filming a new ITV show hosted by Joe Brand. She's on everything. Absolutely everything. I was the one who championed for Joe Brand because I loved her years and years ago. And now she's on so many programmes. You must think they sit there going, let's get, get Joe Brand. She'll be funny. 
She's the fat woman who's funny. I mean, I love Joe Brown to pieces, but by God, she's going to become as boring as Claire Balding. Popping up on every single programme. And, you know, it's nice, but enough is enough. I did love it the other day. I was watching The Real Housewives of Orange County. And you know Vicky, vile Vicky and Tamara, the revolting Tamara. It turns out that Vicky's husband has been cheating on payments and everything else. And Tamara's old man as well. They're both not very nice people. And the other group have found out, Gretchen and all her mob... And they're going, so that's why she attacks, I mean, Vicky is vile, vile Vicky, they call her over there. She can't even keep her marriage together. It turns out her old man's a bit of a naughty boy. Can't wait for part two today. I'm so excited. About time she got her come up and if she was over here, we'd have wiped the floor with her. She thinks she's so clever and so sanctimonious and all the time she's a failure. Her office that she describes as an empire employs three people and one of those is her son. Yeah, she's a fraud is old Vicky. Perhaps we could have her over here. Perhaps we could push her into Splash or something like that. But unfortunately, you're seeing her on American television where she's been airbrushed. Over here, she's going to look as though she could turn to dust in a matter of seconds. So I'm feeling this morning, actually. A bit chipper, a bit nice about things. A bit cold yesterday. So today, because Brian said to me at the station, at Twickenham Station, I said, it's a bit cold. He said, you're not wearing your hat. So today, I brought my hat. I know it's probably not the weather for it, but it keeps your head warm because you lose all your heat through your head. News at five is next. Steve Allen. Morning, coming up four minutes past five. I'm having a look through the window, and yes, it's still dark. So there you go. So you don't even need to get out of bed yet. It doesn't make any difference at all. There's some very touching letters in the paper today. It's, uh, it's a book, I think. And it's about letters uh, that have been written home by soldiers to be read uh, by their family after they've been killed in action. Well, they're very touching. I've read these letters before. Joanna Lumley wrote a fantastic book, Donkeys, years ago, which I interviewed her about, and she'd been to the Imperial War Museum, and she'd been through their archives, and she discovered all these letters which were written home from the boys in the trenches to their loved ones, uh, saying, you know, what it's like out here. And all families got them, because we used to communicate by letter. Nobody writes letters anymore, sadly. People send email or text messages, or they face say Facebook somebody or they do it on Twitter. But these are letters. And so she published all these letters from the boys in the trenches. And sometimes the, the letters crossed. The letter from the boys saying, you know, I'm in the trenches, it's a, it's a bit bad out here. And then a letter from the government, from the, uh, from the MOD, saying that they've been killed in action. And that's all you got. You just got a letter saying, so-and-so, so-and-so, uh, missing, presumed killed in action. And they got that. We, we got one in our family. Probably your family was no different at all. And they've got one here from Neil Tony Downs. And he said, don't be sad. Celebrate my life. And he also did one to his girlfriend. He said, I'm sorry to put you through all of this. I'm sorry there was no last kiss. I'm up here in heaven. You're free to start again. My love will never end. I mean, just it's just so touching. And for those people to get those letters from these boys is something that that is that that thing that you need. I told you before that when... My mother died. She wrote a letter to my brother and to me, just sort of saying, you know, this is this is how I feel at the moment. And she wrote it, I think, in the last final weeks. And it was to be given to us after the funeral, because if you'd given it before the funeral, it would have fallen to pieces, I'm afraid. And it was just terribly sad, because it was her just doing, you know, what she... Just putting everything in order, putting the house in order. But for these boys, they were, they were young. One of them here, Cyrus Thatcher, is 19... And, again, they, they had a letter saying, I love you all more than you would uh, ever know. Remember, chin up, head down. And his mum says the letter was so like him, disorganised and terribly spelt. 
But it doesn't matter, does it? It was that, that final letter, and you've got that as, as something that makes you feel a bit better about it. Uh, watch the whole trip round Twickenham video on YouTube. And uh, so, because it is, I think it's called, um, it's a tram trip. It's a tram trip, and I think it goes from Twickenham to Teddington. It's on YouTube. Anthea Turner's revealed for the fourth time, because we had this about two weeks ago, and now, because she hasn't got anything else to flog you, and she's obviously determined to try and keep her profile up, whereas the rest of us want her just to disappear completely, she said it helped save her marriage to Grant Bovey by taking her mind off the heartbreak over his fling. Oh, so, so she is accepting it's a fling now, is she? We weren't accepting it was a fling before. Now she's accepting it... As a fling. But uh, anyway, thank God. Now disappear again, please, dear. Please, please, please. Just go away. You know, we don't like you. Okay, You're too fake. It's too false. I don't know why people on television think you have to smile inanely all the time. I just I just don't like it. I just don't like it. No, the back cure was, no, diclofenic. It's a tablet that you can uh, get from the chemist. Uh, I don't know how you spell it. No idea can't remember but it's it is for it's a, a muscle relaxant and it's for people with back pain because susan bookbinder had it she, it didn't work for her though she tried it i've had really back bad back pain in the past and so i went to the doctors and they recommended diclofenic and i was getting that it's an anti-inflammatory yeah and it's it just sort of can't because if you've got back pain it's awful it's 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 up there with it's up there with the worst pain you can ever think of i don't know if you've ever had a an abscess in your mouth on a tooth, and you've gone, oh, the pain. You could, you could knock yourself out with it. Because what it is, a little reservoir, which forms the abscess, and the tooth root is pushing on it. And it's that pushing action which absolutely drives you insane. I mean, you know, I had one about 25, 30... No, about 30... Oh, long time ago. Anyway, long, long time ago. And I remember when I went to the dentist and had it drilled... They have to drill up through the tooth until they hit the reservoir, and then it drains out. And, oh, the feeling of relief... I can't tell you. It was whatever, whatever it costs at the time. And it might have been a hundred quid. It was worth every penny, every penny. I did. Uh, I got a bit confused about the story. Do you remember the uh, the grandmother facing the firing squad for dr- drug trafficking? She'd be found guilty of drug trafficking in Bali. Now apparently she's taking the foreign office to court for alleged lack of support. I find this absolutely unbelievable. Somebody found guilty is now taking the Foreign Office to court. Because she's been found guilty and sentenced to death, she's now going to sue the Foreign Office for lack of support. I mean, I'm, I'm, the more I thought about it, the more I, th- I came down firmly on the side of, I'm sorry, you're a drug smuggler, found guilty, and you're suing our government because they didn't support you. I don't quite get that. She dismissed her own team, uh, as you know from, from neighbours over here. She... Uh, she wasn't the most popular person. Apparently she'd been at it for donkey's years. But found guilty of trafficking. She wants to appeal, but is out of money. And is she struggling to pay for a lawyer? So I think she thinks the best thing is to sue the British Foreign Office. I don't, I don't know whether or not... I don't know whether or not that's actually going to work. Somebody said that the death penalty could be carried out within days. I predicted on this programme they wouldn't bother carrying out the death penalty. They've got people on the death, death row since 2008. They're not likely to do it. And I'm, I'm the first person to say, I'm afraid, you know, if you're caught drug smuggling and you're in a country where they have zero tolerance, then you're on your own. It's your own fault. It's your own fault. It's got nothing to do with us. Nothing at all to do with us. Queen's giving up her throne to her son. That's Holland's Queen Beatrix, who abdicated last night. They obviously have the same hairdresser as our Queen over here. They obviously all go there and go, I want to look like that, and they hold up a small photograph of somebody. Uh, 
Beatrice, Beatrix, who is 75 this Thursday and has ruled for 33 years, said the responsibility of this country must now lie in the hands of a new generation. It is only the Netherlands. There's not too much to worry about over there. They're not vastly overpopulated. You know, it's, it's more a figurehead kind of thing. And so Prince uh, Wilhelm Alexander and Princess Maxima will be taking over. Which is which is quite nice, actually. So, good. And so they, that was predicted yesterday. They said she was going to be making an announcement, and they said that she would be abdicating. I don't think our one's ever going to abdicate. I don't want her to. I don't want her to. I'm sure it must be very frustrating for poor old Prince Charles, but I don't, I don't see it that way. I see it as the Queen took it on as a job, and she's there until, until, the, until the end, as far as I'm concerned. Martin Clunes has blasted bosses at Churchill. Oh, no. Yes, he has. Why? They banned him from their adverts because he got banned from, for driving. And uh, he says now, he said, I was shocked. I was very surprised by their reaction. It was neurotic and very heavy-handed. Quite rude, actually. They never said goodbye. They never said thanks. They washed their hands of me completely. And the truth of the matter is, Martin, as you know, it's, you're just somebody employed. I mean, I wouldn't like to imagine how much he got paid for those adverts, but I should imagine he was handsomely rewarded. Handsomely rewarded. And so he, he said they just, they washed their hands, but they just saw it as, let's distance ourselves. Uh, when, when Iceland got rid of Kerry Coke toner, the best thing they ever did. You don't want to be associated with a druggie. Don't anybody like that at all. Although she said recently in an interview, she said, Iceland miss me. No, darling, nobody ever misses you. That's the trouble. Nobody misses you. I got quite annoyed the other day. I was thinking about all these actors and actresses who are out there struggling to make a living, struggling to make sure that they keep working. And I can introduce you to loads and loads of people who've worked very hard all their life, never made as much money. Somebody as pathetic and as useless as Kerry Katona wastes money by shoving half of Columbia up her nose and then spends the rest of her life, you know, blaming everybody else for her own problems. I'm glad she's fallen down. I'm glad. No talented old Miss Katona, I'm afraid, is one of those people I would happily put on a troop ship and send somewhere else. She can go with loads of people. I've got, a, I've got a, an old raft of them. I'm afraid it would have to include all sorts of other people as well. I'm afraid we might be putting Peter Andre on the same ship. I know it's only because I'm now so bored with Pete, who loves his kids, uh, on the television and anything else. It, it's just, I've had enough of it, I'm afraid. <laughs> Poor soul. Oh, dear. This uh, teenager who was killed the other day, this is Hani Abu El Kair who bled to death as his mother looked on behind a cordon in Pimlico. He was attacked by a, a group of 15 people with knives and swords, with people... I mean, one, they say... They, I don't want to go into the graphic details of exactly what happened. Anyway, sufficient to say that these people are pond life. He was probably part of the same pond life group as well, actually. According to the, uh, the police, his name had been flagged up to drugs workers last week. What is it with these stupid people? I, I came through Piccadilly Circus earlier on, and you get lots of groups of, of, of kids of certain ethnic persuasions, driving around the car. They're not doing anything. They're just driving round or sort of list them. And I wanted to go and get the police and go, can you stop this pond life here? They were sort of making rude suggestions. And they looked a bit stupid and of limited intelligence. Probably part of this same gang who killed this boy. He screamed for his life. But there again, you start messing with drugs, pal, and that's what you're going to get. You know, they'll find somebody from this group, somebody will say something, and they'll be caught, and they'll all look like stupids. They'll all pitch up in court, and we'll look at them, and you just feel immensely sorry for their parents, who probably, you know, haven't got the face idea where they are, because they're stupid parents as well. You know, going out in a gang. Must make me sound very old-fashioned. My parents used to say to me, where are you going? I'm going to so-and-so. OK, we got their number? Yes. Just in case you go missing, or something like that happens. 
But nowadays, they roam the streets with... Where do they keep these weapons? Apparently, after they'd done the deed, they just calmly walked away with these weapons pushed up their sleeves. And you think, I'm sorry, I think we need to bring back tear gas or something. Something to stop this. This is absolutely dreadful. I do love the story in the paper today, and I shall tell you about in a moment. Uh, a husband who discovered after 20 years of marriage that his wife used to be a man has won a court battle to kick her out. Details of that in a moment, because it goes back to a very famous story, as you know. But this man said, I was horrified. For 20 years I'd been married, and I had no idea that my wife was a man. This morning from 7, it's a, as it's been revealed that hybrid and diesel cars will be made to pay the full congestion charge from July. Nick will be finding out what it's really like to drive a hybrid car around London and asking, have TfL betrayed drivers who invested in their Green Deal? Plus, as Boris Johnson says the first fatal stabbing in the capital of 2013 in Pimlico proves there's still a long way to go in tackling youth violence. Nick will want to know, is he right? Reviewing the paper today, Lord Ian Blair, former Met Police Commissioner, will be live in the studio. All of that and more with Nick Ferrari after the news at 7 o'clock. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast, 5.20 if you're waking up, slowly but surely. So I am, I'm wearing my hat today just for Brian. Because it was so cold. I got back yesterday, it really was cold. Ridiculous. Um, so here is the story in, in the papers today of a husband who discovered after 20 years of marriage that his wife used to be a man. Uh, he was named only in court as Jan, said his life had become hell since he realised he'd been sharing his bed with a transsexual. He said, I went into a deep depression. It's unbearable. He fell in love with Monica when she arrived from Indonesia to work as his sister's au pair. He said she was very beautiful and feminine. Of course she is. She's from Indonesia. She had no male habits, though. I was puzzled because she was no good at ironing. That was his indicator. But when we had sex, I never noticed anything. He finally confronted her after hearing a rumour that she'd had a sex change operation and she'd been given three months to move out. Now, this is very interesting because this highlighted the case years ago of Billy Lee Tipton. Billy Lee Tipton was an American jazz musician. Born, unfortunately, Dorothy Lucille Tipton. And he, he, he pitched up. And it was in the days when you couldn't actually get work as a woman in a jazz club for some reason. And so he, uh, he joined a school band. He did everything. And he ended up getting married. He used to play on the radio. And he became very, very, very successful. He actually brought out, brought out albums and everything else. And, and I do seem to remember, I do seem to remember when he died... When he died, the funeral home fo phoned up the wife and said, uh, we've, we've, we've got uh, Billy in. And she said, yes, yeah. said, you do know that it's a woman, don't you? Of course, the wife had no idea. They'd had children, but they'd been adopted. And the reason that, uh, that Billy had said that they couldn't have sex was because of a war wound that he'd sustained during combat. So for years and years and years they thought that their their father was, in fact, a man. But it wasn't. It was a woman. Um, well, he didn't really. But, I mean, when you look at the picture, he just looks like a rather butch lesbian to me. <laughs> and nobody ever thought anything about it. No, I mean, if you look at the picture here, you know, it might be predominantly, you know, male-looking in so much as the hair's got a parting in it. But apart from that, I see woman I, I saw exactly the same when they did the Big Brother programme and they had another transsexual on there and I think that was woman to man. No, nope, looked like a woman to me. 
Looked like a woman to me. This, I can't remember what his name was. We, we had a few. We had, we had the... Sorry? No, not Pete Burns. No, he is a bloke. No, we had actually had... We have had a couple of transsexuals on, on Big Brother. We had Nadia, the Portuguese, And then we... Because... because oh, Tempra, Tempra. We had Tempra Tantrum and all the rest of it, which was very funny, and everybody sort of amused, and, and Nadia won. Because it's always something... Have you noticed? Quite clearly, the audience of Channel 5 must be all gay. Because all the people who win are generally either gay or lesbian or transsexual. And then we had another one who couldn't wait to tell everybody that she used to be a woman and is now a bloke, apparently, and was getting married. But it just looked like a woman to me. It didn't, didn't have quite all the, the male things. But uh, Billy Tipton became famous. He died aged 74. And, in fact, strangely enough, two of his cousins were the only people who were privileged to know about his little secret or little secrets, apparently. And then, two wills were left, one handwritten and not notarised. A court upheld the first one, and William inherited almost everything. William and Scott receiving a dollar each, because he, uh, he unfortunately... It was picked up. It was picked up. They, they, they wanted to keep it secret. And so his wife arranged to have him cremated, but one of the sons sold the story, and uh, it became all over the place. It was really bizarre. Lived in poverty at the end. Lived in poverty. Billy Tipton, very famous for managing to live most of his life as a man, but in fact was born a woman and never told anybody, even at the very at the very end. Eight four eight five zero. StevenLBC.co.uk. Another one here, very quickly. Um, your evening as a bartender or waiter, says uh, Dave in South Texas. This is this is girls, girls showing up. You have to you have to make sure that you've got enough women in a bar. It's a straight bar. Uh, for there to be enough men in there. You don't want it top-heavy with men and not enough girls. He said, interestingly, equally true in gay men's bars. The evening will not really take off in a big way until women show up. Who knows why this is true? Yes, well, it, it got to a stage here, didn't it? I remember talking to, to girls saying that they used to go to gay bars because they didn't get hassled by men. And then after a while, I think Canal Street in Manchester got taken over by hen parties and everything else, all going up there, infiltrating gay men's bars. And the gay men are going, it's very nice, sweetie, but go get your own bar. And they were all heterosexual. It kind of defeated the object, I thought, a little bit. Uh, Noreen says, oh, no, the abscess, no pain like it. I remember mum took me. I had to go to hospital. I was young. You could hear me screaming corridors. Oh, wait, I can still remember the pain, and now I don't think the Queen will abdicate. Please, no. No, I, I, I'm sure it won't happen at all. But the pain of an abscess. Ooh, I can remember waking up in the night going, oh, dear, and finding something heavy and banging your tooth with it, thinking it'd make a difference. No, sometimes it was, it was a mixture, wasn't it, of, of tablets, anodins, and all these other things you can get. Please, 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 says Noreen, wish our Jan to get better very, very soon from the gang and me. She's been very poorly for a long while. So our lovely Jan from the Queen's Theatre in Hornchurch, we wish you the very best and I hope you get better soon. I don't, I don't like to hear of people not being very well in this weather because it doesn't help when it's miserable weather and it's overcast and it's wet and rainy and, oh, it was horrible yesterday, absolutely dreadful. She says, see, we're off to see another childhood home today in Bishop Stortford. If the weather's too bad, we may leave it till next time we go. We meet friends there halfway between where we live. It's nice doing that, isn't it? But she had a bit of a game a few years ago with the DVLA, whereas mine, on the medical side, I thought they were really good. I thought they were really good. That's why I was slightly worried when Duncan was talking about how awful it really is when you're trying to get through to some of these 
places and you've got push one, push three, you're not going to hear another set of options. And by the time you've sat there for ten minutes and you're paying for it, you begin to wonder whether or not life is actually that short that you can go and do something else. Uh, Reed Kerry Coctona says, Paul, I was sent a random email yesterday from a company that offers loans, a bit like Wonga. They have her picture and her endorsement. Um, yes, she was, she was a bankrupt. Yes, I mean, she's been criticised for that, but there again, she'll, she'll take anything that's going. She'd, she'd sell her mother down the river, I should imagine, if the price was right. Doesn't make any difference to her. I mean, everybody said these, these loans are so wrong for people who get themselves into difficulty. You don't want to get yourself into more difficulty. You absolutely don't. And that's why I would never take, never take any advice whatsoever from Kerry Katona or any company she was advertising. I should imagine the company must be regretting it deeply that they took somebody on who the British public absolutely despise, I'm afraid. Uh, when I turned on Channel 5 last weekend, says Tracy, I was shocked to see a pink Princess Fiona from Shrek hosting the health lottery. Well, this is the one that's owned by Richard Desmond, isn't it? That's what Richard Desmond owns, the health lottery. Then as I looked closer, I realised it was Natalie Cassidy. Oh, was she playing her trumpet? We love Natalie Cassidy. But uh, how does she look on the beach? We have a picture of her later on, which we'll be using on the on the free podcast for today, because apparently there's a picture in the paper, though I couldn't find it at all, of her on the beach. Bit of a worry, isn't it? I've now lost my text messages as well. Can't find my text. Oh, there they are. Fine. Uh, 84850. Is the reason why the sex change woman is leaving Corrie? Has Roy finally found out? Yes, that, that, always that, that was a bit embarrassing, wasn't it? The one who's married to Roy. And yet she's really a man who's become a woman. And it, it, we, we've got one in Twickenham. Oh, my God. I mean, I walked past a cafe the other day. I mean, dear God, I mean, it's, why is it that these people who cross-dress have got no idea? This is just an ugly bloke in a wig with a pair of... Everybody's walking past looking and pointing. I mean, it's just really embarrassing, I'm afraid. Really embarrassing. Um, one here. You can put Jeff Brazier on that ship, says Tony in Harlow. Yes, we could put Jeff Brazier. That's the strange little boy with the little boy's haircut. He looks like little Lord Fauntleroy. Again, following in the Dermot O'Dreary line of not wearing clothes that fit. I suppose he perhaps he can't afford them. He's not getting that much work. He pitches up on television occasionally. But he's just not very good. Claim to fame, Jordan. Uh, Sorry, Jordan. Jade. Jordan. Not much much difference, is there, I suppose, apart from one's alive and one's not. Uh, Pat... Love Posh Tea says we're going to the Petersham Hotel to celebrate my husband John's 85th birthday. Amazing how many of you have got uh, back pains. Back pain seems to be the worst thing that you can ever have in this day and age, I'm afraid. Not very good at all. There's also the story of the covert patrols by former soldiers. I've seen litter fines saw 90-fold. I've never been fined for litter, mainly because I don't drop litter. I try not to. I have pushed things out the car window before now. I've been a bit naughty in that department. But generally speaking, I will look for a bin. I'll hold it in my hand until I find a bin and then just throw it in there. But now, dropped bank cards, nutshells and even pens have been enough to warrant these on-the-spot fines of £80. As a woman in the paper today, she dropped salt. I thought they were talking about during the winter thing and she was happily de-icing pavements. But she wasn't. She dropped a little bag of salt that came with some chips she'd bought. And so she got fined £75. Quite rightly so. Quite rightly so. I'd have, I'd have locked her up immediately, I'm afraid, on television. None of this. None of this. <laughs> sort of messing around, dropping things. I see people doing it all the time. We're just, we're just so messy. Whereas I'm tidy. When I leave this studio, you could eat your dinner off the desk in here. I'm so tidy. And yet sometimes, you know, I look at what other people leave in it and I think, oh, dear me, what's your home like? It's LBC 97.3. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast at 5.30. Station with Steve Allen. 
The more you read the Billy Tipton story on uh, on Google, on Wikipedia, the more fascinating it becomes. It's amazing what, what some people would, would go for and how Billy Tipton worked as a man. Very strange. There was a, a reality programme, Steve, where blokes had to chat up a girl who was originally a man. Um... Was it a bloke who was a man or a man who was a girl? I can't remember. There was something there. Was that... Was that... No, I don't think there was, actually. There was one where they had to sort out which which bloke was gay. That was a reality show as well, where they had lots of straight men and girls had to pick out the gay guy out of it. And they went through a series of snoggings and all sorts of... And that, that, was, quite, that was quite good. I was wrong on every one of those. I was rubbish. I was rubbish. I don't remember a, a sex change one. I've seen sex change competitions... And some of them look look very, very good. But this is the, the story that's in the paper today is about an Indonesian sex change who uh, this, this man, after 20 years' marriage, finally had to go to court to get her thrown out of the house by saying, you know, I'm terribly sorry, you're not. Must be a very odd court to say that. Uh, I've just looked at Billy Tipton's picture, says Sean. She does look like a woman. How nobody noticed this is beyond me. When you know, I think, that's why it makes it a bit more obvious. If you don't know, then it's probably not that obvious. I also sometimes watch the ghastly wives of Beverly Hills and Orange County. I've never seen a female as terrible as Tanya. No, the the worst one is quite clearly Tamara, a rather vile piece of work, and the revolting Vicky. I mean, you know, really pond life. Real pond life, just backstabbing. Oh, awful. So, and perhaps, I don't think they see it over there. They, she sees it as being oh, very classy, and she's so, and she's so playing a game. She is so playing a game. It's it's a bit like you know watching some people on television programs. They were doing. I think Alexander Armstrong had a quiz the other day, and it was one of the song touch. You had to guess the artist was Minuetto Allegretto, which I knew straight away was the Wombles because I come from that generation. And you sit there watching people struggling, and and they go, "Well, I think that could be." No, 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 you're wrong. And you try to will them to give the right answer. But it is very interesting to watch the Housewives of Orange County. We don't have the same over here. What we end up with is the only way is Essex, which is a rather lame version. I feel sorry in the papers today for a woman called Elfrida Harper Tarr. She's 97. She's had to move into a nursing home. I don't feel sorry for her because she's had to move into a nursing home. I feel sorry for her because the house that she was living in, which was a former post office, which is worth £275,000, is worth nothing. Not a penny piece. The couple who were going to buy it went to the bank to get a loan and they've said, uh, the bank have said, I'm terribly sorry, this is the new high-speed train route. It's going to pass within 500 yards of this woman's house. We value it at zero pounds. So this poor woman has had to move into a nursing home, but she needs to sell the four-bedroom cottage to pay the care bill. She's 97. She thought it was worth £300,000. That would have seen her out. three hundred, Probably just about. But because... The new line is scheduled to pass 500 yards away. The £275,000 has been downgraded by the bank to zero, so her house is worth nothing at all. I think that is absolutely disgraceful. Abso- Don't these people have any compassion for anybody? They just ride... Ru- How many more blooming train routes do we need, for God's sake? There's lots of MPs in the line of fire in this one. It goes all the way from, from North Warwickshire all the way down to Selby, and you've got people like Yvette Cooper, Ed Balls, Angela Smith, David Blunkett, God, the list goes on, Dennis Skinner, Kenneth Clark, I'm trying to whiz through this list, uh, Andy Burnham, I'm trying to find as many people as possible, uh, on the MPs in the line of fire. 
and the constituencies were affected. Mainly Labour. Mainly Labour. But when you get this poor woman here... I mean, why has the government not stepped in to buy this house? I thought that was the whole idea. So, you, in other words, her house is now worth nothing because you want to stick a high-speed trail link in. Can't wait for phone Clegg on Thursday for that one, ladies and gentlemen. She's 97. She's lived there for donkey's years. I mean, she ran a post office until she was 90. She's got an MBE. She's got no money. Call Clegg on Thursday. Ask him what they're doing about this. Highlight this poor woman's case. I mean, the, the family... Her son, Mike, is a former bank manager. He's 76. He said, my mother is blind and completely immobile. Where's the money supposed to come from? That was the whole idea of her having this house. She worked till she was 90. I'm hoping to do the same myself. Just to really upset people. Uh, But 90 and she's got nothing now. She's 97. And she's been left completely penniless. Because the government have just ridden roughshod straight through it. 18 trains, each 400 yards long and travelling up to 225 miles an hour, will run along both of the high-speed rail routes. So? Can't you pay compensation to this woman? You've just, you just destroyed every bit of her life. Isn't that awful? I feel, as, I feel as badly about her plight as I do about that poor woman who was set on fire in her place a short while ago, an elderly woman. Got to, you know, the 80s. And some little tow rag breaks into a house and beats her up and then sets fire to the property. I mean, people like that, I'd, I wouldn't have any hesitation. Out, hanged, no messing around whatsoever. Uh, Boudica, or Bodicea, was what? Apart from fairly butch and couldn't... She was Queen of the Iceni, but she was an Essex girl, apparently. She was an Essex girl. Uh, the county has inspired our greatest painter... And tonight, a television documentary will insist there's more to Essex than bling and bad jokes. Well, certainly not bling. The only place you're ever going to find bling in Essex is in Brentwood. The rest of the county, I'm afraid, is untouched by these poor old bags tottering up and down the road with their badly made-up faces. I mean, it is where you take ugly people, Brentwood, and try and turn them into even uglier people. Then you see them on the television and they can't even speak. That's the embarrassment. I've been... Countless times to the Essex show, I have never once seen anybody that looks as rough as Amy Childs or Gemma or any of them. None of them at all. They do not pitch up at the Essex show, which is huge and a big county event for the whole of Essex and uh, the horse racing. Normal looking people. Normal looking people. The only people who dress like these old bags are these old bags, I'm afraid. You know, with their silly little vajazzling, their silly little clothes shops, their silly little ways, their silly little boy stroke girlfriends. Because most of the boys are slightly dubious, let's face it. You've only got to look at them to realise, by God, there's some ugly people on this programme. And yet the whole of Essex is full of really good looking people. You go to Blue Water, full of good-looking people. How come they find the ugly ones on The Only Way is Essex? So tonight, this TV documentary will tell you about Essex girls. Stacey Solomon, reality show. Michelle Dockery. I'm afraid I've got no idea who Michelle Dockery is. Perhaps I should know that. Chantelle Houghton, glamour model. Glamour model? There's nothing glamorous about Chantelle. And they say Essex through and through. Denise Van Outen and Helen Mirren. Apparently, she once described her hometown, Helen Mirren, which is Leon C, as the armpit of the world. Well, there you go. Essex Boys, Russell Brand. Disgusting. Nick Kamen, only famous for stripping to his boxers in a Levi's ad. They say a real Essex man. That was about 500 years ago. It's obviously not moved on. Ollie Murs. His motto is, stay cheeky, keep smiling. Oh, I tell you what I saw the other day. Very, I, must, I only mentioned it briefly in passing because they were doing an interview with uh, Brian McFadden, 
who used to go out with Kerry Katona. And Brian McFadden pitched up because he's supporting Ronan Keating on tour. Excuse me, Brian McFadden, um, singer? I don't think so. I don't think so. I know he went to, and he was with Delta Goodrun, which sounds like an aeroplane, uh, over in Australia. Today we're flying Delta Goodrun. Um, that was very good indeed. And then he pitched up, but the one thing I noticed about Brian McFadden, he's grown breasts. He was wearing a T-shirt on. He's got little pert breasts. Very embarrassing. Anyway, just going back to the Essex boys. Darren Day. Could only have come from Essex, they say, because he was a love rat. No, he was just a boy with a healthy attitude. Sir Alf Ramsey. Bobby George. Oh, God. I mean, you'd never hold that up as a role model, would you? Jamie Oliver. Well, you probably would. He's a bit mockney. And Dudley Moore. The only way is Essex, they say, is a structured reality show where real people are given racy scripts. Well, the trouble is, they're, they're a bit silly on there. They've obviously found life's stupid people, which you have to put up with. And then they've got uh, a quiz... Which Essex town is England's oldest recorded town? Is it A, Chelmsford, B, Epping, C, Colchester, D, Braintree? OK, and the, uh, the producer thinks it's Colchester, and the answer is Colchester. Well done there. In which Charles Dickens... You can play along in the car. Don't take your hands off the wheel. Play along in the car. In which Charles Dickens novel would you find the lines Fog on the Essex marches, Fog on the Kentish heights... Fog creeping into the caboose of Collier Briggs. Fog lying out on the yards and hovering in the rigging of great ships. Is it Bleak House, Great Expectations, Hard Times or Barnaby Rudge? And the producer thinks, sadly not, it's Bleak House. She got it wrong. She got it wrong. OK. Great Bentley in Essex boasts the largest what in England? A, Village Green, B, Natural Reservoir, C, Library, or D, Animal Hospital. Great Bentley in Essex. What does it host the biggest? It is Village Green. Village Green. I'll give you one final one here. Which of the following didn't get a degree from Essex University? Little John Burko, former Tory minister Virginia Bottomley, Ben Ockrey, the novelist, or comedian Michael McIntyre? Who didn't? Michael McIntyre is correct. He did not get a degree. I wish they'd bring back Baudicere, I'll tell you, she'd sort them all out. She had that, that nice chariot which had knives in the wheels, I seem to remember. So when she was going along, she, then I, I always wanted to drive a chariot. And I thought, if you've got knives in the wheels, that would make going down through Epping so much easier, wouldn't it? There'd be nobody arguing with you at all. I've got knives on my chariot, ladies and gentlemen. You're not going to be arguing with me. Wait a minute, who's that over there? Ollie Murs? Get the chariot over a little bit to that side. Program airs on television tonight, telling you all about Essex. They'll probably drink up, you know, drag up all the uh, the the usual cast and crew. Oh, Anthea Turner's back in the paper as well. She's now struggling with dyslexia. Oh, there you go. Well, we found two things to drone on about to the public. So dyslexia, and uh, she's she still struggles to tell left from right. Oh, well, there you go. I'm sure, you know, I mean, that's just, you know, why don't you just mark yourself L and R, you know, make it so much easier for you, dear. Anyway, we've had enough of you. Go away. All right, thank you. Oh, incidentally, do you remember the two hoax DJs in Australia? They're still working for the station, which is a brilliant idea. I'm very pleased with that. But their show has been axed. They're going to replace it with another show. Who can they phone this time round, you ask yourself? But they have not been axed. They have been retained by the station, which means that common sense has prevailed. News headlines this morning with Sam Pittis. Ministers are setting out reforms with... (laughs) Thank God for that, eh? Uh, very quickly, uh, two things. Firstly, The Who, 
are going to be touring again with Quadrophenia. Nice. Very nice. And it's a UK arena tour. 1973, Quadrophenia was uh, around, and they're going to be doing... I quite fancy going to that one, actually. I think we need to get... We need to get Roger Daltrey or Pete Townsend in to talk about it. It kicks off in June, and this will follow on from their North American tour. It starts in Dublin. June the 15th is when it hits London's O2. And uh, that's good. Quadrophenia was their sixth studio album. I loved Quadrophenia. I loved it. Very good indeed. I'm very excited about that. So the... um, the touring will feature Daltrey and Townsend with Zach Starkey. That, as you know, is the son of Beatles drummer Ringo Starr. Pino Palandino on bass. Simon Townsend, who's Pete's brother on guitar and backing vocals, among others. Tickets go on sale from Friday online at aglive.co.uk. So tickets on sale. I predict that will sell out almost immediately. That one will probably sell out slightly faster than Steve Allen's magic show on March the 2nd at the Magic Circle. First show sold out, uh, second show practically already gone at the moment. So if you go to the Magic Circle website for our charity show down there. And the other story in the paper today is that there's a breakthrough for diabetics. It's some form of jelly, a smart jelly, they've said, which could spare diabetics the misery of daily jabs. It is It is quite miserable doing jabs. It is, because sometimes it hurts and sometimes it doesn't hurt. Either way, it's like having a permanent injection going on in your body every day. And you know, I was in the doctor's the other day filling in this form. There's a girl coming in and she said, she said, I've got to book him for a blood test. And I was like, you know what it's like when you're, you're filling something in, but you're half listening to the other person. And she was saying, I've, I've got to come in for a, a blood test. She said, does it hurt? And the, the lady behind the counter said, no, no, no. It's, it's really just a slight little scratch. That's all it is. And I thought, it is. But I always have to look away. I cannot, I cannot watch them doing an injection. I do it every day. And I could watch myself doing it. But I don't want to watch anybody else doing it. Funny that, isn't it? 84850stevedlbc.co.uk It would be, uh, it's very interesting, this one here. Uh, quickly, quickly. All the papers are so excited about the fact that Victoria Beckham goes into a fish and chip shop with her sunglasses on. I mean, I, you know, I know they're bright in there, but she goes in with a minder, as if it was a deliberate photo opportunity. She quite clearly could have sent somebody out, like the minder, to go and buy fish and chips for cruise. And then she apparently puts it into her £2,000 bag. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's a staged photo. Otherwise, they're not following her all the time, are they? Victoria's going to be going out and going to a fish and chip shop. That's a good photo opportunity. And so they went to the, the takeaway, trying not to draw too much attention to herself. Victoria was wearing dark glasses. I should imagine must be the only person there. Luckily, the bloke behind the counter didn't recognise her at all. Mainly because he's probably used to seeing stick it. She probably went in there to compare the size of a chip to her own body. You know, could you show me a chip? Oh, God, I feel fat. <laughs> you can imagine, can't you? That would be the thing. Uh, by the time we get to this weekend... Would have had, they reckon, a month's worth of rain very, very quickly. There's more rain forecast. We had a little bit of rain yesterday. didn't make too much difference. Just means that all the car washes are not getting all the people going in there. 84850. Blue Water's not in Essex. Lakeside is Essex Shopping Centre. Mainly Essex people go to Blue Water. They cross over the bridge. It's the only place you'll find them, because Essex people have got loads and loads of disposable cash. Loads of cap because you know that the majority of people in Essex fiddling taxes, doing everything. By the way, I've paid all my taxes. Have you paid yours? You've got two days to get your money into them. Otherwise, it's a fine. And I was just saying to the producer, we're just listening to the thing now. I said, I paid my tax, I paid my tax, I paid my tax. She said, all right. 
I get so carried away with it. I said, well, I'll pay for tax. I'll pay, la, 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 pay for tax. Because there will be people who, who won't be paying their tax and hoping that uh, that they won't. What, wasn't McFadden in Westlife and married to Kerry Katona, says Jay? Probably, I don't know. I really did. I mean, put, I just know he was the fat bloke who left the group. And uh, to be honest with you, they couldn't care less. They re- I remember them having a press conference and he'd, I think he'd walked out of the group for some reason. I can't remember what it was. And they weren't interested again. He wasn't even mentioned at their farewell concerts. Not mentioned. So, because quite clearly he was the lardy one. And then he went off with uh, that Delta Airline thing, uh, Goodrun. We're flying Goodrun today. And so he went to um, Goodrum and he went over to Australia and he's lived there. But now he's had to come crawling back because his relationship finished and he's, he's latched onto the back of Ronan Keating. So Ronan Keating, was, Ronan Keating wasn't Westlife, was he? Why is he touring with Ronan Keating then? Oh, res- oh, right, how strange. So Ronan Keating was, oh, right, was he Westlife's manager? Oh, right, with a producer thinks Westlife's manager. Oh, right, that's interesting. But, I mean, Brian McFadden hasn't had a hit in ages, and Ronan Keating, I should imagine there'd be loads of tickets left for that thing, because he hasn't had a hit in ages and ages. He did Life as a Roller Coaster, I seem to remember. I remember he, he, he's a little short bloke, isn't he? They're all tiny, all these people. When you see them in real life, you go, I thought you'd be so much bigger. And they turn out not to be. That's right, he needs money after the divorce. Yes. Is he, they're getting divorced. His wife was gorgeous. I saw her at the airport once with him. And she's a model. Really, really nice. And then he cheated on her. Silly boy, silly boy. And Brian McFadden, who, as I say, perhaps he's now changed his name. He's now known as Muriel or something. Because seeing him on the television, he did look a bit like Muriel's wedding. Because he's grown bosoms. He's got those male breasts. And apparently operations for that have dropped in recent years. I remember reading a report yesterday in the paper, because I'm worried about this kind of thing. Uh, They've said that the operations have dropped, because a lot of men have these operations, because they get... they they worry about it. Fantastic segue, wasn't it? I mean, just sometimes it's a gift. Sometimes it's... I can't believe myself that I remember the oddest things. I remember the oddest things. Lovely picture of uh, Amanda Holden. She says she's far too open for Simon Cowell to ever fancy her. Yes, I don't, Simon Cowell's taste in women would never include somebody like Amanda Holden. Never at all. I don't think she's dark and mysterious enough. I think he likes dark and mysterious, whereas Amanda's quite open. I mean, you could probably sit down with Amanda Holden, give her a bottle of Pinot Grigio, and she would tell you anything. She's like, when we sat down and we did an in-conversation with her. She was very open about everything at all. And the best conversations you always get on the in-conversations are, are when we go to the break in the middle of it. And we go, well, we'll take a short break there, back with more in-conversation in a moment. And then we sit down. And then I'll invariably have thought of something I want to ask the guests, and then they'll start confiding in me. And then the producer will be going, come on, come on, we need to record this programme. And it's always the gossipy bits which are the best bits on the show. Uh, what are the key, or what is the key, to a long, healthy life? Apart from being a member of the royal family and not really having a proper job to do, apart from shake people's hands. That's a, let's face it, the Queen Mother did very, very nice indeed. She did a lot of that. And they've got the best medical attention. Do you know what, isn't it funny, in that whole family, nobody's a diabetic. You would have thought by the law of averages nowadays that somebody in the family would be a diabetic. But nobody is. No, the key to a long, healthy life is holidays. Holidays. Barbara Windsor always said, um, ages ago, and I swear to blind, I swear to God it was her, she said, you need a three-week holiday, a week to unwind, a week to enjoy your holiday, and a week to psych yourself back up for coming back into the work 
arena. And she's probably right. I, I, I myself, personally, couldn't take a three-week holiday if my life depended on it. I'm bad enough for a week. I don't know what to do on holiday. I don't do the swimming. I'm, I'm, a, bit, I'm a bit like a gazelle in the water. I drown slowly, sink to the bottom of the pool, flailing madly. And I don't do sightseeing. I, would, I, I could probably just drive around somewhere, but, you know, a holiday, I don't know what to do for a holiday. I wouldn't know what to do. I've got friends who are just, like, lying there in the sun, toasting themselves, whereas I can't think of anything worse. Johnny said, I can't read. You're lying on a sun lounge, you've got your sunglasses on, because the sun is too bright. One here, from Johnny, who says, tax, that's surely for little people. Little people, yes. And you, who said that? Leona Helmsley in America, the hotelier. Tax, that's just for little people, as they carted the old bag off to prison and she stayed there. She was about 90-something and they stuck her in prison because she thought she was being terribly clever. (laughs) Johnny says, I wonder if there are certain celebrities who still dream of being talked about daily, but sadly for them are reduced to pulling stunts like Mrs Beckham. Because otherwise, you'd have to assume that there's a photographer following her all the time to watch her going into a fish and chip shop in Notting Hill Gate with a minder to buy... Well, we don't really know what she bought, but she put it in her £2,000 bag. And also the sunglasses she was wearing are from Victoria's own range. It's like a staged picture. We know that Chantelle Houghton does that because she's been known to turn up to places with her own photographer, take the picture, and then they sell it to the newspapers. But then she was a fraud to start with. She hasn't changed at all. So I I suspect, I suspect that you're probably right, that if there is a dearth of being talked about in the papers, like poor old Jordan, whose career has just ground to a halt, you know, the best thing you can do is get married to a bloke who doesn't really have a proper job. He's a bit of a builder. He's a bit of, uh, he's a bit of a male stripper. And that's, and that's about it. He doesn't actually have anything else going for him. But he's married Jordan and he can then sell his story afterwards of how, you know, how life was with, with Jordan. Very interesting. I mean, I like. I suppose we'll we'll look forward to reading it. We have, we have read these stories before, and we all know what what she's like now. I'm afraid. Uh, so it was McFadden. Uh, there was a show called "There's Something About Miriam," shown on Sky, where guys tried to get off with Miriam, not realizing Miriam is a Mexican pre-op transsexual. Says Ed uh, Edward. Do you know that that rings a bell now? Something about Miriam. It rings a bell. Can we find out something about Miriam? I'm pretty certain you're right, actually, now. I don't remember that it was a, a Mexican pre-op transsexual. That sounds a bit glamorous, doesn't it? A bit exotic. But something about Miriam, and the something about Miriam was that Miriam was a bloke. That was it. The, my my favourite one was always Tula, who was a page three girl, and a fe- featured in a Bond movie, and nobody realised that Tula was a sex change as well. Very famous sex change. A- April Ashley, I suppose, is the most famous sex change person that there is. But Tula was was not far behind. But she did a Smirnoff ad, I think, pictured water skiing behind the Loch Ness Monster, which was very funny. 84850, uk. So if holidays are the, the things of the future, that's the thing that helps you relax. Perhaps you should book more holidays this year, but pay your tax, because you've only got two days to get the money in... You have to do it online. You know, sending a cheque means it's going to arrive there too late. You've got to do it online to make sure that you get in there nice and quickly. And uh, and a rescued fox that thinks it's a dog and a woman who's taking it out. Somebody tried to kill this fox by hanging it over a bridge from a rope. So they rescued it in the centre, and now it hangs around with all the dogs. And this woman takes it out for a walk on a lead. We used to have a bloke like that down in Newbury years ago, and he had a fox on a lead as well. I just think it was somewhat peculiar. Because I keep looking at foxes thinking... These things could rip your throat out. 
Yeah, they're quite, but it, it doesn't want to eat raw meat. It only eats dog food now. And, uh, and what can help you lose weight by making you feel full up? We'll have the superfruit answer for you. You'll be rushing down to get this one, I promise you. After the news, which comes up next on LBC 97.3. Alan. <laughs> Five past six. Sorry to be happy. It's Tuesday, you know. I paid my tax. I'm feeling fairly happy and smug about the whole thing. It's awful, really, isn't it? Years ago, I'd have said, oh, no, not the tax being paid. You write out the cheque. Now, of course, luckily, you don't see the money go. It just vanishes. Your bank transfers it from one account to the other, and off it goes, and they, uh, and they take the money. Well, we, we actually send it, which is good. Piece in the paper today about... I often wonder in the Express where they get these people from. They've got TV's leading relationship guru, Tracy Cox. I've never even heard of her. Oh, you've heard of her? I must watch a bit more daytime television. Quite clearly, I'm, I'm missing out. I love all the adverts in Richard Desmond's papers for Richard Desmond's health lottery and how you can make a little tiny bit of money. The worst one was the postcode lottery, where you could share in £2 million. Somebody must have raked it in on that one. Uh, plus today, all oh, the superfood. What is the superfood that, that makes you feel full? Because that's what you want, isn't it? The whole idea of not eating a lot is to make yourself feel full. So you get lots of tablets which bulk you up now and make you feel as though you've eaten stuff believe it or not the humble pomegranate not pomegranate juice the pomegranate and it curbs hunger pangs scientists say that eating the superfruit create the sensation of being full and it makes other food taste better Researchers in Edinburgh gave one group of volunteers a daily pomegranate supplement containing the skin pith and seeds of the fruit the second group given a placebo after three weeks, the 29 volunteers drank a glass of pomegranate juice before sitting down to a meal of pasta with tomato sauce. The most boring food under the sun, as far as I'm concerned. Pasta, I ask you. Ridiculous. Eating a pomegranate, very easy. You just cut it in half and you get a spoon and you spoon out. Although if you're really rich, you can go to some of the... Oh, um, oh yes, you, you eat the seeds, yes. You eat the seeds. Well, you just sort of crunch and do whatever, actually. Each one is like a little reservoir full of pomegranate juice. Or you could go to the supermarkets where they will sell you a little punnet of pomegranate seeds, which means that somebody somewhere has done it for you. But normally speaking, you just get a pomegranate. They're quite big at this time of year and not too expensive. I'll tell you what is expensive. Rhubarb is very expensive. I mentioned that briefly because it's eight eighty a kilo, and that's at Paul Cooper's place. At the moment, it's forced. So it comes in really expensive. So people pick up a big handful of rhubarb thinking, I'll make some jam or a preserve. And they go, that'll be £11. And they go, what? And you go, it's eight eighty a kilo. It's really expensive. But pomegranates are not too expensive. 50p a pound, something like that. You get a big pomegranate, cut it in half, spoon out the seeds, and that's, and that's enough for you. And it's enough to fill you up. The pomegranate juice. See, mango's very cheap at the moment. Mango's very cheap and good for you. And once, one of these days, they'll breed a mango that doesn't have that stupid stone in the middle, and you can eat it like an apple. Now, that, w- that I would go for. In fact, the more I think about it, the more I like it, because I've seen people buying boxes of mangoes at the moment. People turn it into smoothies and anything like that. I can't remember if it's good for you. I'll tell you what is good for you. Rub- um, not rhubarb. Um, um, beetroot. Beetroot juice. So I bought pure beetroot juice. And that's some people I know some people just go, Ugh, you don't drink beetroot. I said, absolutely do. I love it's making my mouth water. I love beetroot juice. I absolutely love it. Uh, there's another piece in the paper today. It's that whenever they, they run out of ideas, they do what makes you happy. What makes you happy? And so they've got uh, one of their reporters today called Nathan. 
I can't work out if he's just wearing a headband or he just looks badly dressed. And he's talking about what makes you happy. And, of course, cuddling puppies and kittens and stuff like that make you happy. Happiness, to me, is not having the school kids on the train in the morning. That's always fairly nice. Or anybody from any of the colleges in Twickenham. A Larry bunch, if ever there were them. You know, happiness to me is not having to sit opposite somebody. Who did I sit opposite the other day? I was totally... I thought they must have listened to the programme and they know I'm going to be annoyed. And this bloke did something. What the heck did he do on the train? I remember... I get annoyed, as you know, with people sitting down and getting half a tonne of makeup out and then slapping it on their face. And they look exactly the same when they get off the train. And they spend... They're so meticulous. And the mascara and the lippy on. And I feel like saying at the end... Three out of ten. Stay at home and do it, you dirty little trollop. You don't sit on a train doing your makeup. That's for lower class people. It's like people sitting there eating food on train. Not just eating. I can understand somebody wanting to eat a McDonald's or something like that first thing in the morning. But people sit there and they unwrap sandwiches that they've made. They practically get out a banquet. Spread it out all over the train. But this bloke did something on the train. What did he do? He did something. I remember thinking, there's another one of my pet hates. I mean, well, just somebody being on the phone and having a pointless conversation, as far as I'm concerned. Nothing is that important. At seven o'clock in the morning, you need to be on the phone. That really... Coughing loudly is horrid. Coughing... Oh, and we had a cyclist the other day. Cycle passed, and we see it all too often now. You probably see it everywhere. People spitting. But the latest thing is people clearing their nose. And this cyclist went past and did that, and I shouted after him, you piece of filth. I was so disgusted. They, who are these people? I, think, I find cyclists are bad enough anyway. They're most peculiar. They really are. They don't pay a penny piece to be on the road and yet expect us to hold everything up for them. Uh, so you, if your uncle grows tons of rhubarb, I'll have some rhubarb. I, I do like it. Although you're supposed to... I've just realised now I can't have it. I'm supposed to cook it with loads of sugar. <laughs> um, <laughs> James says, I can't stop laughing now. Pre-op transsexuals, foxes on leads and slimming superfruits. What a Tuesday wake-up call. I know. The whole world is on this programme every morning. Because it's stuff that affects people. Oh, and flooding. We did flooding yesterday. Went to see Elkie Brooks at Epsom Playhouse. Brilliant. Still got the great voice. Have you had her on In Conversation, says Pat? Yes. Elkie Brooks. Lila Quine. Oh, I love Elkie Brooks. I met her once. I haven't... Uh, where did I meet her? I think I met her... Oh, it's going to sound terribly flash. I met her backstage at Michael Crawford when he was doing Phantom of the Opera. Elkie Brooks was there. Was it Elkie Brooks or was it somebody else? I know, I get confused with people. I get confused full stop. Uh, if you haven't registered to pay your tax online, then forget it. It takes up to two weeks to receive your password, which allows you to access the website, says Lou. Uh, well, you should have registered to pay your tax online. You've known about it for ages and ages. There's no excuse for not registering online. No excuse. Why would you leave it two days before the tax is due? You'd have to be stupid. Stupid, I'm afraid. You've got to watch Mrs Jones's boys. I haven't seen it yet. People keep saying to me, I spoke to a friend of mine, I said, you've got to watch it. You will absolutely love it. And I said, oh, I don't know, it just doesn't appeal to me. It's another bloke dressed up as a woman. This is Brendan Carroll, I think. Being awake at these times, says this one here, would be horrific if it wasn't for the Steve Allen show on LBC 97.3. Yes, it's horrible being up at this time anyway, isn't it? It's not, it's not particularly good. Looking at the papers, the Daily Star today, what excitement do we have here? The One Direction fans who've snubbed Love Rat Zayn Malik. Listen, Zayn Malik happens to have a fling with a tatty old waitress who flogged the story to a Sunday newspaper. And for this, One Direction fans apparently are not buying tickets. Oh, how stupid. How stupid. I mean, you remember, don't you, of course, when President Clinton, ah, did not have relations with that woman. All of a sudden, his popularity around the world went up after women in America wanted to go out with him. 
And if he keeps playing his cards right, they probably will. The dreary twosome, the big brother people. This is uh, two Americans, one ugly uh, bloke and, uh, and a very boring woman. Uh, celebrity big brother champion Ryland Clark wants a baby with Claire Richards from Steps. This is more stupid than I thought. And poor old Paul Hamilton claims her bottom shrank on the show. She's mad as a brush, I'm afraid. There's no point in asking her for anything at all. Here's actress uh, Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, she was apparently... Her, her dress fell off. Part of her dress fell off when she was... It was... Oh, they thought it did, but it didn't. Well, there's a picture of half of it falling away. Is it meant to do that? Oh, it's a design feature. Oh, right. And also, I mean, I didn't know who she is. She's... Oh, is she famous in America? She's not famous here, is she? Oh, is she? Oh, right, she's famous. She looks very plain. But there again, sometimes plain people seem to do fairly well. There's uh, bigger pictures of Victoria Beckham. Nobody can find out what she ordered from the fish and chip shop. Did she pay cash or was it a credit card? You know, did she have... I mean, I'm secretly hoping... Battered sausage. I'm secretly hoping she had a battered sausage. She put it all in her bag, her £2,000 bag. I mean, is that pretentious and looking down on us little people or is that really rubbing your nose in it? The answer? Rubbing your nose in it. LBC with Steve Allen. 18 minutes past six, Tuesday morning in London town. My uncle used to have a butcher's shop. He used to do that on the windows as well at the end of the business. He used to fold the bits of paper, he used to wrap the meat in, and then he would put it up at the window. You'd hang it on the butcher's hooks, and we'd put sawdust on the floor. Nice to see it's making a comeback. <laughs> anyway, other pictures in the papers today, and other stories. Fans are backing Perry Edwards. This is the One Direction. So, in other words, One, one Direction fans are backing her because he cheated with a waitress called Courtney. And that's, and that's the extent of the story, which is a bit sad. The demand for One Direction tickets has plunged. I see that as so unlikely. It just doesn't seem possible. You know, you're not going to worry about Zayn, whether or not he's going out with Perry Edwards, because most of the fans only want to go out with the boys themselves, don't they? They probably hated her to start with. Courtney has just sold a story because she's done what all the fans want to do. I can remember when Bross and all these other groups used to appear. Their fans would hold up tickets saying, you know, look at me and Bross. And, uh, Bross. They were a little group some years ago who sold about 20 million records. And there were two brothers who went through a phase of not speaking. One was a bad drunk. And one, Luke, went on to be successful in movies in America and lives there. But the one who got out of the group was Craig. And he ended up being... He, I think they paid him a million pounds when he left the group which actually was the best thing he'd probably ever done in his entire life, because he went on to be very successful in the music business through booking acts and looking at other people. I mean, it's a, it's a bit fickle, the music business, anyway. In a year's time, do you think we're still going to be talking about... Are you doing? Sniffing the walls. What's going on round here? <laughs> I did that earlier, funnily enough, because I said it's on the walls. It is on the walls, isn't it? it is. And then what it is, it's the, it's the printing, because apparently there's a slight smell in the studio. It's, just, it's nothing, it's, it's just printing ink, isn't it? And all it is, because it's been uh, silkscreen printed, but it's so funny we see people sniffing the walls. You know, I've seen people doing it with glue and stuff like that. Never actually see it. Anyway, go back to one direct edge. Anyway, so you sniff this wall, and it, it's, it's that. It'll, it'll die down after a while. It's having your house, you know, done with a new carpet. So one direction in a year's time. Do you seriously think we're still going to be talking about one direction in a year's time? They're looking old already. They're now sort of growing up. And once they go past the boy band phase... Then they kind of move into, and then they'll start drinking, and then they'll grow a beard, and then they'll start looking like, take that. You know, once take that started looking more like adults, 
It's it, they, they move into a different sort of area. And I don't think One Direction will be around in a year's time. There'll be another boy band. There'll be another pretty little set of boys who've come up for one of Simon Cowell's programmes, and they'll use that. That's how the business is. It's always been like that. It's always been like that. They don't need to play an instrument. That's what made me laugh when you saw Harry Styles coming back from the airport, having had his fling with Taylor Swift or whatever her name was, clutching a guitar as if he was a serious musician or something. You know, perhaps he sat down and sang a one of his hit singles. Not. Uh, so there is that in the paper. And here's Aston Merigold. Oh, he's found a girlfriend. He's coming out of uh, Nando's. Is he coming out of Nando's? What is it about Nando? You like Nando's, do you? I think Claire from Steps likes Nando's. I think she likes Nando's quite a bit. Anyway, the JLS singer was leaving his hotel in Manchester with his dancer girlfriend, Sarah Richards, in tow. So that's nice. He's actually find, found somebody, because he's only tiny. He's found somebody tinier than he is. Must have gone to Munchkinland or something like that. Aussie hottie Natalie Imbruglia, apparently, has uh, started going to acting school. So she wants to be actress, because they all want to do that now, don't they? want to be actress, which is good. The uh, guitar... What's this a story? Coronation Street. Former Coronation Street star Sean Wilson has vowed never to appear on the show again. He says he'll act once more after becoming a cheesemaker. He pitched up on a show the other day and I, he was... Um, I thought it was pies he was selling. But anyway, he was at one of these markets and there he was, Sean from Corrie. That was the one who was married to Gail and now he's, he's moved into food. He's 47. He's won awards for his uh, cheese. He says, I will act again, but never with Coronation Street. They were very rude to me when I left. I can't remember the story of why he left. I cannot remember for the life of me whether they just wrote him out or he died or I don't know what happened. Was he killed? I can never remember these things. Uh, Ollie Murs is in New York. Won't work. You need to stay there a long, 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 long time. And here's the girls from... Little Mix again, Perry Edwards, says boys are so sweet and always on Twitter asking us to marry them. Difficult to tell which one Perry Edwards is because she keeps changing her hair colour. It'll drop out eventually. Here's Andrew Cooper and it's, uh, it's another advert for a fizzy drink. And he'll be taking his shirt off so people get very, very excited. Uh, former Dancing on Ice star Jennifer Ellison has skated into stop spot in Singing in the Rain. Oh, right. Interesting. It's at Palace Theatre. I quite like the idea of singing in the rain. I'm going to go and see Top Hat. Top Hat when that opens. So I've got that one to go to see. £400 that woman got fined. I thought it was only £75. The one who dropped the salt. But she got fined £400. So she should have done. Disgraceful act, isn't it? Honestly, people like that hanged as far as I'm concerned. I hate people who drop litter. It absolutely drives me berserk. And uh, Made in Chelsea, babe. Louise Thompson. Which one was Louise Thompson, Cat? Was Louise Thompson the one who was going out with Spencer? Oh, no, it was. Oh, dear, I don't know why she's wasting her time here. Anyway, she's obviously decided that she's uh, going to lie down and be covered with thousands of Cadbury's cream eggs. Oh, dear, they do, they do, they do, they do worry me a little bit, these people. I, I suppose they have to do it, but it, it's not so great, is it? The radio show that aired the Princess Kate hoax phone call was scrapped. They put another show in its place. But the couple will remain. So that was a bit of good news. And pages and pages in the papers on the fact that Quadrophenia is going to tour. The film that gave us Ray Winston, Phil Daniels. I mean, really an iconic film, an iconic film. Phil Daniels got such a great autobiography out. And Ray Winston is one of our national treasures. And Eminem is now going to headline a massive 10-day music festival in Scotland. This isn't the one where they've reformed the Boomtown Rats, is it? I couldn't think of anything worse, that the Boomtown Rats are reforming with Bob Geldof. My heart dropped, as they say. I oft often wondered 
you know, how on earth they were able to bring out a greatest hits album. I don't think they had that many hits, but it went on for ages and ages. They were just sort of putting on B-sides. Two suspected cannabis crows have been arrested after a tycoon's wife was found dead in a freezing car. Her husband's uh, firm had debts of £234.4 million. Pounds. Crikey. Pictures of people on the beach here. This is Necker Island. This is actually a very old story running in the Daily Star today. It's just an advert for Necker Island, which is Richard Branson's place. I looked at this the other day and we were running through all the people who were out there, including David Hasselhoff. Although for many of you writing, it was a lot of people who said any place that David Hasselhoff went on holiday, you didn't want to go there. Let's quickly run through, uh, finally, some of your texts and emails. Regin Woking... Does like, he says, I don't like peri-peri chicken, but my nan does. Nan does, OK. Talking of celebrities in chip shops, says Anne. A few years ago, I was in a chip shop in St Albans. A tiny figure bounded up the stairs and ordered fish and chips full of fun and jokes. No cameras or bodyguards. It was the late, great Norman Wisdom. And Arthur said, if Victoria Beckham wore her sunglasses in the chip shop, can she see what she ordered? I should imagine she got the faintest idea. We're hoping a large sausage in batter. Also, her posh bag will smell of chips. Well, it it just appears to be, you know, just a free advert for Victoria Beckham wearing her own sunglasses and wearing, you know, her own designer outfits. But she's going to a chip shop because they live around the corner. Mr DVLA update. It's at the beginning of the programme. Beginning of the programme. Somebody says, how can you register online if you don't have a computer? Well, I think 99.9% of the country have a computer now. If you haven't got one, you have to go and buy one, won't you? Because that's how they, uh, they do things. Nick and the team with you after the news at 7 this morning. He's going to be looking at those hybrid cars, and that's going to be the thing which is going to get you going, because if you've bought a hybrid car and you've spent that much money on it, you're going to want to know why TfL have let you down. Uh, my pet hate, says Pamela, is girls who kick their shoes off and put seats, put their feet on the seat opposite. You get that a lot, actually. A lot of students do. I love it, though, because when the guard always comes through, she goes, feet off seats. They have to be told because they're, they're not particularly intelligent. Silly, silly people. I haven't seen the Real People reality show set in Manchester. It looks like the casting people have been to the local parade of shops and taken a mix of people. Quite likely, I should imagine. Poor, poor that. Ronan Keating's tour seems to be a mixture, says Paul, of stadium and smaller venues. In Manchester, he's playing the arena, but also the Apollo, which went on a seated show, holds about 2,500, but I'm surprised he's got Mr McFadden as support. I know you passed on the hotel this week, but do relent and watch. Mark again with ideas above his station, holding an Indian night, complete with fancy dress and blacking up. Oh, Lord above. I'm not sure I can cope with things like that. That really would be pushing it a little bit too far, but I, I will give it another quick go. We'll have a free podcast up for you a little bit later on, probably by about 7 o'clock that will be up this morning, and we'll have the podcast of the show up a little bit later on this afternoon, and we'll have the blog as well. Go to lbc.co.uk, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. Have a great day. I can't remember what the weather's going to be, but knowing... Like yesterday, it'll probably be a little bit of rain, I should imagine. Nick and the team with you after seven, next on LBC 97.3. The Morning News with Susan Bookbinder. LBC.